Welcome to The Winner's Edit, a Survivor storyline and editing podcast. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm Dan. And today, I'm here to tell you how great the sit-down restaurant chain Applebee's is, as we discuss episode 5 of season 39 of Survivor Island of the Idols, Don't Bite the Hand That Feeds You. Instead, take a nice bite of Applebee's fajitas? I don't know. That's not what I'd get if I go there. Whatever that was, it looked unholy and terrible. Oh, <laughs> so, no, seriously, I knew when I saw it on the TV, I screamed because I was legitimately excited because I am what you would call a basic person who loves Applebee's and then immediately realized this will be the infamy of the season when they shield for Applebee's and everyone thought it was so funny. Oh yeah, this is absolutely the modern day Jack and Jill, where it's just something like that has a very low reputation in the grand universe. You know what I mean? Like some people, they love Adam Sandler. They love that terrible Adam Sandler movie. Some people <laughs> like Applebee's. You like Applebee's. Um, but like, it's, it's one of those weird things for Survivor to shill for because it's a food that already has like a restaurant chain that it, it's not very popular in Canada, by the way. But uh, yeah, I've, have you ever been to one? I believe I was to at one when I was a kid, but most of my Applebee's hatred is completely secondhand. This is like the Nickelback effect. I don't I have personal hatred for Applebee's. Hmm. I must say, even as big a fan, when Karishma said it was her favorite sit-down restaurant, I was like, uh, that's a little too far. But does it even classify actually as a sit-down restaurant? Like, I feel like it is. That's like calling like all like I guess it's like below Olive Garden, you know what I mean? Like well like at least two tiers below Olive Garden. Like yeah, you sit down and eat there, but like I don't think you're going there expecting like a sit down meal. Like I don't think there's any like no one in the world actually compares it to other sit down restaurants, right? Um yeah. I mean it's, it's low genre. on the tier. It's low on the tier, but it's probably really good. And probably really good when you're on a desert. So yeah. Uh, yeah, direct all your hate mail at me, but I love Applebee's. And is it microwaved? Maybe. But don't Probably. you microwave food? Don't you microwave food and you still eat it and you love it, so. I'm also a college student. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, know. But other than that, this was a interesting swap episode. Um, first time we're not going into three tribes at any point, but instead into two. And yeah. This is a first for the podcast, right? Like, first time we haven't had to do oh, with yeah. three tribes. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm very anti three tribes in general. I think it. I think small tribes seem interesting, but it always ends up in just kind of like boring boots where one person's a swing vote and they don't want the all the pressure of flipping. Like you, like there's safety in kind of flipping or doing something interesting in big numbers, but in small numbers, so uh, there's less people to flip. But it's also there's more pressure on that person. I feel like it tends to lead to just far less interesting boots and everything. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. I think, yeah, it's just usually more majority-based anyway. These, I guess, new Voka is very interesting swap-wise, where it's a 4-4 split. But even new Lyra, where you have the two people most likely to flip getting put over there, and they're still in the minority. Um, but they're, there's so much room for personal stuff to go on and it was nice and i think when you go to three you just have so many so much uh like regular stuff to get out of the way that you don't have space for scenes like charismas or elaine and missy fighting and all that 
Yeah, exactly. With three tribes, you basically are limited to showing who's on the tribe, who they talk to, and that's like the most generally you're going to get in those pre-tribal scenes, just because there's 44 minutes, and it's like time becomes so uh, small, like you have to do the cutaway, you have to make it clear what tribe these people are on, Mm -hmm. and at that point, like you're all instantly losing more in-depth content every second there so that's why i do i actually really like this swap i think it's going to be pretty interesting i do think that all like people like aaron and missy on new vokai must be like praising to the sun god to the survivor gods that missy or that uh, krishma and or dean are not on these tribes like imagine the four four mm-hmm. one with a krishma or dean like yeah completely different dynamic mm-hmm. it's just yeah, I kind of look at Nuvokai and see that's a 4-4 split, but I don't know, just the way the tribes split where a lot of the pairs we thought might come out of a swap aren't happening at all. It really is just the four peop- the four old Lyros on Nuvokai feel like the only people with existing connections and it's sort of weird to go from there. Yeah, no, I, I actually think this swap broke kind of weird. Because basically Tommy is with nobody that he's been established as talking to. Right. We haven't seen Lauren, Jason talk. I mean, I guess we saw Lauren and Jason have that connection, but it didn't come up in this episode. Uh, Dan and Tommy have been kind of divorced away from each other. Yeah, Dan kind of be against Jason, but like the intermixing there isn't huge. Uh, mm-hmm. Then on the new Lyro, it's almost the same thing where Nora and Janet, you might not even necessarily know are on the same tribe before now, um, but they're there together. You have, like, Jack and Nora. Like, there's a lot of, like, strange dynamics that kind of formed here where it seems like people are mostly by themselves. They're not with the people that they were the most working with. Right. Yeah. Almost, yeah, entirely across the board. Even Tom and Elaine aren't together, so we can't see that come back up. Um, I'm just interested to see what comes of it. And it really makes... Because we were thinking, oh, there's going to be some big, uh, like, pairs of the season that sort of shape where the season is headed and now that most of them are split up i don't know which way it's going is it aaron and missy to the end or something else <laughs> right like uh <laughs> our complex duo was the one that was established in episode five or whatever like <laughs> episode four but yeah no like i think it's actually really interesting and i think it actually this swap just uh, i guess did what a swap is theoretically supposed to do which is actually liven up the dynamics and i hope that actually happens um, we saw some promising moments there with Tommy and uh, Aaron having that kind of bromance moment. I thought that was mm-hmm. really captivating. Uh, and hopefully, like, hopefully that is a sign of good things to come because I do feel like I've become kind of like burned on swaps lately where I feel like at the swap to merge section of Survivor tends to be the least exciting. I feel like Survivor's kind of hit its groove with the pre-swap part- portion right. of Survivor in terms of telling the story. I feel like every season, even the ones that we haven't been loving, like Ghost Island had amazing episodes until the swap and then it just all momentum from that season just kind of like cut underneath it Mm -hmm. this one i do think looks promising enough that i think it could still lead to some exciting episodes i hope people actually seem to be intermingling with the other tribe so uh, hopefully that's a positive yeah i do think like the big hurdle survivor has right now is figuring out a way for like the tribe mentality to soften because I think in this episode it wasn't bad, but on new Lyro literally just last episode, the whole of Vokai basically told Nora she was on the absolute bottom. And then in this episode, she's just so gung ho with that uh, five on 
new Lyro. And I think Survivor needs to work to find some way to alleviate that. And it really does vary from season to season. But yeah, I think that's what makes the the pre-swap is good because it's just one tribe and it's not based on any pre-existing tribal things. It's just how much you like people and how they're playing. The merge is okay because it's everyone for themselves and flips and all sorts of things can happen. But this uh, post-swap era is sort of like, oh, we just need to make it to that merge. And the best way to do that is to go by these pre-existing things we know. So. Yeah, exactly. I 100% agree and endorse everything you just said. I think that I think that for me, what I mean, I think this is actually testament to this season is I feel like the longer they wait to do the swap, like the more rounds that you leave people on original tribes, the less the tribe mentality sticks. I think. I think people often have an idea that oh, you know, people from day one, so you're immediately going to work with them more. I think it gives them more time to get tired of people, to get annoyed with people. Right. And specifically to see where the power dynamic was on the tribe. I think that's the biggest problem is like in Ghost Island, Navidi doesn't go to tribal. And so if you're on the bottom of that tribe, you have no way of knowing. Whereas Karishma knows where she is. She went to three tribals and no one gave, like gave a crap about uh, what she wanted in the tribe. So that builds resentment. Being on the tribes longer, I think, actually builds more resentment. And I think that's something that survivors kind of uh, forgotten a little bit. But I think the fact that they waited four rounds and both tribes got to do a tribal. And thank goodness Fokai actually had a blind side. Gives yeah. me some hope that we'll actually see some level of complex play here. Yeah, I think another good example of what you're saying is Dean. Like, if they swap earlier, Dean probably might not ever get a, an idea that, oh, there's more than just like the crack forming between the tribe and Karishma, there's also him and Chelsea were too likable. So it's another, it's added cracks there. Exactly. Like if you, if we swapped after episode two, you would have had Aaron. No, he's on the bottom. But other than that, none of these Lyro defectors like Dean and Karishma would even have any idea that they're on the bottom, that they're not being valued. And you just have effectively a, a cohesive tribe, except Aaron. And even then, he seemed to patch it up with Messi. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's exactly the thing is you want to swap pretty long into the game, I think. enough. It's, there's no exact numbers. The amount of time necessary to have power structures form on the tribe that you can see plainly. Right. But yeah, overall, I thought this episode was pretty good. Um, I actually thought the Applebee's reward was pretty funny and interesting. Yeah, it's a very bizarre scene sort of people really relishing in that meal as they yeah. should. And then some weird offshoot scenes of people being strategic, but yeah, I mean, obviously I think the one problem, like obviously 44 minutes, we had a reward challenge. We had an immunity challenge and we had a reward and a swap. Like, so we didn't get to see these dynamics as much as I would have liked, but I feel like we, with that in mind, I do like they had to do a swap at some point or they had to do a like Applebee's reward at some point. Um, obviously I, Applebee's probably gave them a bunch of money to do it. <laughs> so I actually love that they took away Island of the Idols here. I think that was very good instincts. Yes. Um, this episode would have been terrible if Island of the Idols was also here in any capacity yeah. whatsoever. For sure. And I feel like they actually, with the small mass screen time they had for both tribes, they did a pretty good job of telling us kind of the stories that's going to come out of here. And I'm fine with the, like, a little bit of the hack job they did, but... I think they mostly succeeded here. 
Yeah, I feel like they really packed a lot into this episode with all that was going on. So um, I might not know the way it's going from here. I think that's a little up in the air, but I really like the episode as a whole. 100% agree. I think I think it actually presented new information, which was really fun. Like we got to see a little bit more about how some of these people think about the game, namely Tommy and Kelly, I think really had um, kind of very informative episodes. And we'll get to that later. But like mm-hmm. that kind of more informed how they think about the game. Uh, we got like touchy moments with Karishma. Like I really thought this was a well put together episode up to and including the boot. I think they did a very good job of explaining why Tom was the person who left without making it like super in your face. Oh yeah, for sure. It was almost, they did a really good job of establishing all of Dean Karishma and Tom so that any of them made sense to go. And then, yeah, it wasn't too predictable at all. So yeah, exactly. You leave the episode understanding. Okay. Tom left because they realized he was the one that actually had connections. And these two were the outsiders. There's a negative um, to being connected. There's a negative to being playing well and being in the majority, basically. Is the epi- what this episode told us? Mm-hmm. Why would you want to work with that guy? Yeah, I think it really nailed that. Um, and then separate to that, so like I think it set up the stories for this swap tribe very well. But then I really felt like this episode almost felt to me like a much longer episode because when you think about it, we got an actual new story. Like Dean emerged as a character in episode three, but mm-hmm. he emerged as a completely new character in this episode. They gave him a path. They gave him a motivation. They gave him suspects for his conquest to figure out who voted out Chelsea. Mm -hmm. All stuff that was really, really fascinating. And we got him to find a new friend in Kelly. Like, I feel like we we got like an entire new character presented to us. And I think that was awesome. I can't wait to get to talking to him later. Yeah. So yeah, a massive uh, double thumbs up for the swap episode. Other than getting a little bit longer, giving us a 90 minute episode, I couldn't ask for much more. Uh, mm-hmm. In terms of a swap episode, so thumbs up. Uh, a swap episode is probably like the hardest one to edit and yeah. have captivating. Yep. So they did a good job of not making just like an info dump. So good job. Uh, that said, um, the challenges were also pretty good. I thought like um, I'm a sucker for that snake challenge. Like we're wiggling on the ground. It makes me uncomfortable just seeing all that sand going in their mouths. It's just ugh. <laughs> like thinking about that. Like I would hate that challenge. But see, as the resident lover of Applebee's, the sole defender of Applebee's in the universe, is eating all that sand worth the Applebee's? No, Probably I mean, not. if I'm more hungry, but you know, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, yeah, no, like you just see like the photos of them, and like Tom looked like a white walker from Game of Thrones, like the guy was just like like covered in sand, like so probably many memes. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, like I mean, <laughs> I can't, like, I can't even imagine that. And then the immunity challenge I thought was fine. It I like very it was like you had a survivor challenge generator and like it put pieces of things together and that was the challenge it came up with. Yeah, you're not wrong about <laughs> that at all. That's a pretty good read. Um I am a sucker for the basketball challenge in Survivor. I think it's actually one that translates really well. Um mm-hmm. cuz I like that you're able to have things like Dean be like I'm a division one basketball player and I just got smoked by the like redhead guy in the other tribe or whatever. Like I think that's a fun thing that you like do things that somewhat replicate reality so that people can actually bring themselves to it. Yeah, I do. I want to say on an editing standpoint, I feel like survivor has really slipped into things get really close. And then the tribe that is behind, they show not making it once. 
And then they show the tribe that does make it win. And it's just, I get it. I get the rhythms now. I wish it was a little less predictable. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like, <laughs> I, to me, I always feel like, like, the challenges feel like autopilot. Like, it really feels like I am just, like, strapped in. And I know exactly <laughs> when it, they expect me to be like, oh, whoa, are they going to, like, I feel like I know exactly. Like, I, you could just, I could close my eyes and probably feel the same experience, which is unfortunate, but it probably, does have to do with being here for 36 seasons more than that well more than that oh 39 seasons 39 yep yeah 39 seasons but of challenges obviously it's gonna be hard to do but yeah i agree I, that's definitely something they need to work on um it's probably doing a little bit less uh making it look like because we all know that they edit these things to look a lot more competitive than they are oh yeah for sure. all the time that it's like, oh yeah, they were actually well behind the entire time and it wasn't even mm-hmm. close. I think that's the big problem is like sometimes when you try to force like a triangle into a square peg, it just, it, it looks really dumb. Yeah. And I feel like you get that sometimes. I think there was a little bit of that this time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's something. Um, And I'm trying to think if there's anything else to touch on before we move here to the stories. Do not think so. Do you have anything to I don't think so. I wanted to make sure I shelled for Applebee's and did not shell for that challenge. And then they're just like laying face down in the sand. I'm like, no, that's that's not comfortable. The sand is hot. Remember, Jeff told you the sand was hot. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I guess like we do see the kind of culmination of the sort of narrative of people debating online. Like, should you keep the people who are really bad at challenges around? Uh, I guess in Tom's case, probably was a mistake. To keep Karishma around as a boot you could go at any time, but your mileage varies there. Yeah. Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but hot take, Karishma's a fine player. I feel like she's getting a lot of hate on the internet. Uh, a lot of people I talk to really have like Karishma as like, like all-time least favorite survivor. I think Karishma's playing good-ish. Like, will she win in the end? Maybe, probably not. But I think she's actually playing a pretty good strategic game where she's appealing to the people in power when they have power and actually kind of manipulating and playing like scheming, plotting and playing the social game. And I feel like uh, we're actually seeing somebody kind of play like the worm tongue from Lord of the Rings kind of style game where you kind of talk to the powers that be rather than try to accumulate power. And I feel like she's getting way too much hatred for being like a terrible survivor player. I think she's just fine, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's. It's very curious. I'm sure we'll get into it later. Because she's obviously staying, so she's doing something right. Because they've had so many examples where they can show she's bad at challenges. A lot of narrative is devoted to how can we best position Krishna in this challenge so she uh, doesn't like harm us. And to survive despite that three times in a row, that's pretty good. I, I have heard that the season people would have seen before this who are playing right now is uh david versus goliath so they're sort of looking for an angelina type mm. um i don't know it kind of fits but they also think an angelina herself came out on twitter and was like uh no i was actually trying and playing really well and i think there is some sort of difference there but yeah i still can't quite figure out what they're doing with karishma and i'm sure we'll get to it Yep, I 100% agree. It's a very strange edit, but I think she is one of the most captivating characters on the tele- on the TV show completely. And so maybe uh, that's, I am very divorced from public opinion there, but that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, let's move here to our story section while we go there. 
So um, I think at this point, uh, the one that I feel like is ever present here is the idea, like the one that I feel like is the defining narrative of the season so far is the idea of putting up with people mm-hmm. cross reference to like ability being a liability. I feel like at this point is constantly in every single scene, basically you see it all the time. Um, it really is just a huge deal in this season. And I feel like most uh, encapsulated by Kelly and Dean knowing each other outside the game or like having like a mutual connection and Kelly seeing Dean is too likable to bring to emerge. Yep. Um, just stuff like that. Or why Tom goes. Janet basically lays it out where he's like, yeah, he's a straight shooter and that makes you like him to some extent, but also he has to go. Like he's going to stick to his tribe and all that. So I think, yeah, we keep having people go up against um, Karishma, who I wouldn't say is unlikable, but there's reasons to not like her in this game i think and people keep valuing that vote over the likability yeah and i thought there was actually something kind of interesting here where on L- old lyro krishma is mostly presented as unlikable missy refers to her as an extra vote and like not a person that she wants to work with but an extra vote someone who annoys her but will vote with her i felt like a new lyro we were being presented a Krishma who was likable instead. Right. It's interesting what that means because it's very, it's a clear evolution of her character. Um, I think at this point it's clear that she's the growth arc, like growth edit. Um, it's just what that means. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but what they're doing there is very crafty and you just see a lot of like, like, this is one that someone's thought about for a long time, like, Karishma's arc, and I think it's really, really fascinating. It definitely ties into this here, um, but you see it all over the place. Like, it's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if we saw too many examples on... Well, Vokai, of course, Elaine, keeps getting this likability uh, idea brought in. We haven't seen it in Danger yet. I feel like the time is coming, though. Yeah. I mean, in this episode, we basically got Aaron and Missy... Align with Tommy. Aaron and Missy have not been presented the most likable. Elaine is the walking um, personification of likability presented in this. Like people describe mm-hmm. her as a jokester and funny and a goofball. Um, and she, Aaron describes her as just working her social game in this episode. Yeah. Meanwhile, we do see that Aaron and Tommy and Missy connect. Who does that leave on the bottom, Elaine? Mm-hmm. So I do think that. She could be in a lot of danger coming up, but the idea of her being so likable is definitely really all over the place in this season. Yeah. But yeah, like on the flip side of this theme is obviously the idea of putting up with people, uh, even like who you might not necessarily like, but it might uh, do things that you find egregious, but seeing them as useful despite that and trying to use them as a tool in the game. And I think we saw a really interesting thing there with Kelly and Dean. Basically, she is, and, and Janet, like the way that the old Vokai members talked about the new Lyra members was mm-hmm. not like human beings that they liked. It was like pieces they can use on a board in a way that's like you, people talk about that a lot in when they're criticizing Survivor. But like, I feel like in this episode, in this season, it feels a lot more like actual pieces rather than just like game body like in this one it's like kelly is like okay yeah i have a mutual friend with dean who cares he'll vote with me but he's a threat you know what i mean like it's 
uh, Tommy's like, I think Aaron will protect me when I lose immunity challenges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very clear scenes of, I mean, you had Karishma, why she might be the obvious target, but then you had Janet and Kelly come back and say, oh, this is why this person could go. Like, why they're not the best ally necessarily. Yeah. And yeah, the season, I think, has done that over and over again with various people. Oh, absolutely. Like, Janet Strip says, like, Tom's a cool guy. Who cares? He seems like a tri- tribal guy. Mm-hmm. No use. Um, That's what we're seeing. Like, these people are literally just kind of talking about them as pieces in the game. Right. The interesting thing is, the one where there is difference there is Tommy Aaron. Tommy does seem to actually like Aaron. Like, I feel like that's something that does separate it from all these other relationships that we mm-hmm. saw in this episode is, Tommy's like, yeah, Aaron's like a guy I would hang out with in real life. Or, um, and so that might be something to pay attention to. But either way, it's still kind of this like viewing them as a commodity rather than a person. But like, mm-hmm. I do think that the Tommy Aaron one was presented a little bit more like actual friends. So mileage might vary there. Yeah, I think we'll get into it later. But seeing this Tommy Aaron relationship arise kind of made things fit into place in an episode where a lot of other relationships are split up. Seeing this one fall together makes me starts the wheels turning. And I'm like, oh, I kind of see how things could go from here. Absolutely agree. Um, and I guess the the most realistic one to jump off here, that which I think might now be a dead story. This is, I guess, my take is all season we've been kind of tracking this idea of a confessional that Tom says in episode one, where he's basically like, uh, tribes fall apart because members don't trust each other and then that's what happens always in Survivor is one tribe defects and then it's it's all over for all of them basically something along those lines um and how like you should be all about teamwork and uh tribe work and all that kind of stuff like it's a very teamwork heavy season and i mm-hmm. feel like with tom leaving this game also and also every lyro member effectively deserting lyro yeah is the culmination of that story right it was we had missy saying lyro is her l l is for lyro lyro is dead orange is dead just all sorts of and it was really the time for everyone to flip and stuff karishma flipping dean flipping just everything fell fell apart for lyro and it's i think really becoming where you see with these scenes with janet and kelly and tommy to some extent these power players on old Vokai sort of say, okay, here are my pieces that I can put together. Yep. So I think going from here, maybe it won't be the straight Pagong we were expecting, but like rallies of forces with Vokai leaders and Lyro followers, maybe. Yeah. I mean, if you present this against a similar story of Malolo's the cursed tribe, it's not presented like this at all. Like, Mm -hmm. where Malolo was presented as a tribe that had a lot of potential, but was cursed. And so bad things happened to people that really, like, believed in Malolo. Whereas this, it's like, if you look at the current landscape of people who the show would present as pro-Lyro members at the start of this episode, it was Tom, Elaine, and Elizabeth. And none of them look like, like, they didn't, none of, like, Tom got voted out, Elizabeth was invisible, and Elaine got kind of negative uh like shade kind of thrown on her every single other lyro member has articulated that they are no longer with lyra mm-hmm. pretty huge um <laughs> i think it all comes back to a confessional tommy had a little while ago where he said this is survivor um if 
it's all about like like you'd love to protect the people you like but really this is a game all about yourself so you should worry about that i feel like that's basically what we saw the culmination of this little story of teamwork being super important vokai won that war lyro's dead mm-hmm. i don't know if i have anything else on the story yep i mean i think this was basically tom's story that kind of permeated across everybody uh they used him to basically embody it and yeah now lyro is dead what happens from there i think is uh-huh. an interesting question that will surely be answered in the next episode um obviously we saw kind of new relationships form between uh the two tribes the two original tribes but none of them seem that strong and i think that's intentional i do think that we are likely to see the pagong yeah. Like, I think yes. what we were saying earlier is true. And I think we are just going to see, oh, they, some people completely disavowed Lyro and they'll stay a little longer. But it's a, I think we're going to see a calling of all the people that show pro Lyro sentiment, basically. Hmm. I think that's interesting. Do you not agree? I, I mean, there's so few people. It's basically Elaine and Elizabeth, right? Yeah. So, like, I'm trying to imagine, like, but if the pre-merge goes out, like I can see sort of the Elaine series, Elizabeth's leaving would be surprising, but yeah, I could see it, I guess. Yeah. I guess those, it being those two is a little weird, but you know what? Crazier things have happened. And a lot of these people seem like they have some longevity now, especially with being kind of separated from their pair. So mm-hmm. I feel like this, I like this swap again, like I feel like did actually break up these dynamics in a really interesting way, especially, especially with the edit. Like, the way we've been presented these pairs anyway none of them are together and it's a whole new game basically mm-hmm. and it so, really it contributes to the fact that like they'll probably come back together in some way so yeah if you're if a lot of those pairs are vokai you're not expecting lyro to farewell in this pre-merge yeah but who was anyway but (laughs) yeah i mean and yeah that i I mean i don't think that's to say at all that i think these all the boots are gonna be um old lyro people but i do think that we will see mostly that and like i feel like people who were sort of outcast a little bit of vokai are in danger people like jamal but we'll get Mm -hmm. to that when we get there Mm -hmm. so uh the next theme i think that we didn't have before but i feel like with this tribal council kind of confirms the idea of leaps of faith being an important thing and like the the nature of survivors taking little leaps of faith has been at this point summarized quite a few times clearly a theme are there huh do you think there are too many leaps like if you consider that i guess define this better for me i mean i think in episode one i believe it is boston rob tells uh elizabeth that that's Mm -hmm. what survivors about is taking leaps of faith um and that's you know, and then in episode three, she articulates, oh, that's not who I normally am. But now I need to be a liar. I need to be willing to make this leap of faith here. Um, I forget who said it at Tribal Council. This um, It was Kelly said it. Um, survivors about taking little leaps of faith and hoping that the people that you put trust in are actually trustworthy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I can see that. I was sort of thinking the leap of faith is keeping Karishma over X person who might be better for different reasons and it seems like lyro did that too many times to where they just dissolved and yeah if people keep doing that is it seen as a bad thing but i think i think the way it's been portrayed so far with how elizabeth came back after island of the idols and now kelly is being portrayed i think it's probably good to take some well-considered leaps of faith 
I agree. And I think we did see, I think the way Lyra was presented was basically a fractured tribe from the moment it started. I think that's a big reason we saw the woman's Alliance in hindsight is to show a stark um, black and white division in the tribe. Whereas Vokai was presented more as a team. Lyra is presented as fractured. Like, there's a girls' alliance. That means there's a not girls' alliance. People who are not in the girls' alliance. Mm. And then we have Tom, Vince, and um, Elaine presented as a three. Like, it was a tribe presented as having multiple multiple layers. Mm-hmm. I think that's what was basically... Um, if the theme is survivors about taking little leaps of faith in people that you trust, Lyra's a tribe that didn't trust each other, so they, they fall apart. I think we are seeing a, you should throw your trust in people, even if it's hard kind of story. Yeah. And realistically, this is going to be like the passengers and pilots of last season. This is the one that they're going to keep bringing up. Um, what it actually means in the grand scheme of things is a little nebulous, but they're telling us a story about how it is important to do that uh, when time's right. So, yeah. And I think there's a point to them being like, well, reasoned, because if you think about it, Lyro's when they saved Karishma, it would be presented as an, a great blindside. And here it was, oh, maybe Karishma is a choice, but Tom is also a very valid choice. And so yeah. the Vokai members were seen as making a choice, and we're going to see how that plays out. Whereas like in the last Lyro tribals, it's been presented sort of as like, oh, this is a surprise, a shock. Maybe they really shouldn't have done this. So Absolutely agree. Um, and so that's basically all I have for that one. I don't think it's a huge theme, but it's probably going to continue to pop up. Next up is, I think, two here that we thought were huge, going to be major stories here, and at least on my end, I'm, I haven't seen anything from the teaching theme for a little while. I don't know if it's yeah. just on the back bench, but it's definitely kind of fallen to the wayside a little bit, as well as the assume nothing, think outside the box. Maybe... That's going to pop up a little bit more, but I don't really have anything to add for those two. Yeah, I am surprised that how far the teaching theme has fallen, because we thought it was going to be really big. And I kind of wonder if they're waiting for more of the right people to go to Island of the Idols to really have that teaching moment. Because I would say Vince obviously went home in the episode where he was there. Nora had a cartoonish incident at Island of the Idols. But with Elizabeth and uh, and Kelly, you've seen them both learn from their experience already. So I think as we see more people who actually want to go there and are big players who can use it, I think that's where it'll start bursting back out. I agree. I think the reason it's kind of fallen here is we've seen more cartoony people. Like It's kind of a bunch of Looney Tunes showing up at the uh, Island of Idols. And, mm-hmm. But like when you look at who... Like Kelly got amazing content there. Like it looks, mm-hmm. um, like just looked fantastic, and it, it's been brought up again. Elizabeth has brought up time and time again the lessons that Boston Rob taught her. It's just like there's not really any other path for it to take. Like if someone like Tommy goes, I think it's going to be the interesting question. Right. Um, right. So yeah, that's one there. Um, and then they assume nothing, think outside the box. I don't know. People probably say it a bunch, but it seems like right now it's. Just the empty words. Yeah, I don't. I feel like those examples are very going to be very blatant when we do see them. And they just also haven't happened yet. And maybe they will and maybe they won't. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, the only other thing is like we have that hard work theme. We are continuously seeing the people who are lazy get punished. That's also survive. Like that's classic survivor. But I think it is a little bit more blatant this time, specifically around camp. But 
Yeah, I will say one thing they're doing is, yeah, you sort of see just singling out Karishma in challenges, but otherwise they're really not... They're really lax on pointing out when people are struggling in challenges, I feel. Like, Dean was called good at challenges in this episode, which that is a little twisting of the narrative. But I think in the reward challenge, Tom and Janet were struggling in their leg, and they didn't get really slighted. So I think there's some interesting um, hiding of points where you could say oh this person didn't do so well so yeah i actually think that's a very good point like i think do you yeah i completely endorse that and i think you're right that they are probably i feel like there's just a general sentiment this season of we're not gonna be mad that people are bad at challenges basically like that's like the edit is saying it doesn't matter right and the only other theme i kind of wanted to bring up is tell me if i'm crazy i feel like there's a huge vengeance theme in this season we have this with dean being Obsessed with finding who took out Chelsea. We have that with uh, Karishma. Lyra's dead to her. Um, we have Aaron still mad that Ronnie left. Like, I feel like we have seen like vengeance be a big thing, but I don't know. <laughs> we've kind of seen people go vengeful into um, positive afterwards, which I think is an interesting trend. Aaron and Karishma have both become positive characters. Dean was actually very positive in this episode. Yeah, I think another person is Jamal, who said, like, I'll forgive, but I won't forget, which is, like, the vengeful line. And then we see his idol find, which looked really good. It is interesting, though, because those are, yes, positive spins, but not necessarily, like, players I have high in my estimations here. So I am interested to see where that goes. Because a lot of times you can sort of see vengeance as a very bad thing like you don't want to be a vengeful you don't want to hang on to things but yeah usually you don't see the quick rebound and i think jamal i can't believe i forgot about that like it was like he got a huge negative episode and then like a very positive episode right after about how he treats himself with grace and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. yeah very interesting and i really don't know what to make of it like i don't know if it's just an understanding that survivor is a difficult game but you never know Mm -hmm. so with that uh do you have any other stories to touch on before we move on i don't think so Sweet. Uh, and yeah, I, I mean, the only other one I can think of is the one that we were kind of tracking, how it is important to speak your mind. But like, I feel like the other ones do cover that for yeah. the most part. So yep. keep that in mind. So we'll move here to the new Vokai tribe. Probably the more interesting one in terms of, of dynamics on first look. But I think both tribes are pretty interesting. But this being a 4-4 split and it overtly being mentioned in the episode, I think is very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know, looking after this first episode, I'm actually less excited about this tribe, even though it has, like, the bigger people on it, like, player-wise. But, yeah, I'm interested to see what comes in the next episode where they can explore what's actually going on more. I have a pet theory that this tribe will not lose a challenge. Eh, I think that's possible, actually. It just seems like one, they, like... To my eyes, they look stacked in terms of, like, oh, for physicality. Sure. Yeah. Additionally, I feel like Lyro has a lot of people who have a negative story attached to them. Like, Dean is... Part of his story is he's a, a drain. Uh, Krishma's a drain. And I feel like Nora's a drain. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's really a, a Jamal. It's kind of a catch-all of all your negative characters over there. Mm-hmm. And then Vokai has this, like, presumed war going down 4-4 that I feel like we just might not ever see. Yeah. I kind of think with the 
4-4 idea being brought up, it really has sparked a lot of, oh, it's it's going to be rocks, and who's going to leave in the rocks? And was this one thing Lauren said, does that mean she's going to go? And it's it's fun to speculate, but it really is so much at this point. I can't tell you any which way it's going. No chance it goes to rocks. Call it that now. Um, we got the same thing with Lesu and Edge right. Extinction. We got the same thing in Triple H on whatever tribe Alan Ball was on. Guess what uh, things united those tribes? They didn't go to tribal again. So um, <laughs> the Rocks thing never came up and never had a reason to. So, um, yeah, I think that's absolutely something to mention. But with mm-hmm. that said, let's start here, as we always do, with Double A Aaron, who mm-hmm. I might say is starting to become one of the most intriguing characters in the entire television for me, because... Episode one, we're like, hmm, why is this weird man getting, who looks a lot like Ronnie, getting so much content? That's weird. And now man. he's best buds with Tommy. He's best buds with Missy. I honestly think I might have been wrong about Aaron. I feel like his story is clear. I think I just don't like him. I think I have like a subconscious dislike <laughs> of him. I've really been undervaluing him here. But like, he's a good character, I think. Like, um, the, all the, like, the sock stuff this episode was good. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tommy stuff was good. What are you thinking about Aaron? I feel like it all sort of clicked into place to some extent. Like, we're sort of musing, why is Aaron getting all this weird consistent content in this Lyro phase? Like, even though he was on the bottom, it doesn't make complete sense. And then here, the moment he started talking to Tommy, I was like, oh, he's actually a long-term character. Like, I think Tommy and Aaron probably go far in this game together. Yeah. And it's almost to the point where you're having Tommy perfect edit, like, doubts. Like, is Aaron going to sweep in and take that? Like, I definitely, he raised a lot in my estimations, not to the point where he's a serious contender or anything, but, like, I could see it. I could see how Aaron wins this game under that guise of, like, Tommy-related content. Yeah, absolutely agreed. I mean, in this season, anyone connecting themselves to Tommy will raise some points. Like, I feel like that is, unless you're going to be the antagonist to Tommy, like, Tommy's clearly a central figure. He got to narrate the entire freaking Applebee's reward. Um, Mm -hmm. He's clearly a main character. He's clearly someone you can't ignore in any of these discussions. Aaron, getting all this, like, really standard narration content that's like, look, I'm here, and I have neutral statements to make. Oh, by the way, I'm best friend with Tommy, and I have a kid, and look at these socks. Yeah. We just got like an entire reintroduction to Aaron in this episode. His personality. Because all, all game I've been like, we know nothing about this man. Like, mm-hmm. at all. Now we know a bunch about this guy. In addition yeah. to all his game stuff. And it really is giving me some Adam Klein vibes. And I think that's something definitely to pay attention to. Yeah, and you could kind of say, oh, this is where his game starts. He finds his people. That's why Lyra was kind of messy. But then Lyra wasn't really that bad he was linked to missy who was like the tommy of lyro and yeah just had consistent content wasn't necessarily ever shown that bad like he got a little bit of uh like oh these people are sheep like he's playing too hard negativity they're just throwing out names but i don't think he was shown as bad as he could have been shown so and honestly in the in 2019 in the game of Survivor, being the person that says these people aren't playing hard enough is not a bad look to the audience to mm-hmm. anything like sure. i feel like people are tired of lazy players like kind of people who are coattail riders 
In general, I don't think the edit looks fondly upon those people. So if you're kind of lashing at them a little bit, I think that's okay. I think you can be negative in that lens and it's okay. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I think amazing episode for Aaron. I agree. I think this solidifies him as a long-term character or at least a much more important character than I thought. Yeah. He gives him some longevity. I do think. I think it could be a little uh, shaky to catch like in uh, counting chickens before they hatch to lock him in too far because he could also just be Tommy doesn't stick to their deal or Mm -hmm. something like that. Like that could be his story. Um, Yeah, I guess it's hard to imagine both Tommy and Aaron really going deep into this game together in 2019 Survivor, and obviously I would. Hedge my bets on Tommy rather than Aaron. So yeah, but like honestly, we all season we've been kind of saying like it looks like Tommy and Jack, or but like with all the do with all the pairs being split up, even Kelly and Dan are split up. Mm-hmm. Tommy and Aaron is now probably the most developed duo, right? Like you obviously Missy and Aaron somewhat, but I feel like Missy and Aaron intentionally got an episode uh, moment in episode two. To show that they're not that close. Right. They're just the game players of Lyro. Exactly. So I feel like Tommy and Aaron's already above Aaron and Missy. And that's really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that means Aaron will get forgotten about come the merge when he Tommy reunites with Jack. Who knows? Don't think so. I think this was actually amazing for Aaron's long-term chances. Yeah. And made me like him a lot more. So it did its job. Mm-hmm. I've always found Aaron sort of okay. Like, and that's that's kind of an endorsement for the type of archetype he is to me, but yeah. yeah. No, like, yeah. this is not your kind of guy. No. <laughs> but like, I've liked him because he is a hard player. I'm a huge strategy guy, so I do like... Like, if you look back at the Chelsea boot, why did she leave? Aaron made up a rumor that her and Dean were too strong. I think that was really interesting, especially in an episode where, at the same time, we're seeing Nora learn about persuasion. Mm-hmm. And how mm-hmm. starting a rumor can be really important. Well, whereas in the exact, this is something I thought about last week. In that exact moment, in that episode, we are cross cutting to Aaron to create a rumor about Dean and Chelsea being inseparable and it ending Chelsea's game. I think that's a very interesting pro Aaron mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is, I guess, uh, we, all season we've also been kind of tracking how much do you factor in Robin Sanders endorsements? Maybe you don't want to be like, outright endorsed by rob or sandra but doing things that replicate what they're saying to do clearly is really good yeah yeah i'd agree with that cool so that's probably good for aaron i feel like he had one of the most interesting episodes yeah Um, i have him i have him fifth on my contenders list but i wouldn't say he's a contender like someone i'd be like yeah i really see this strongly yeah i wouldn't bet money on aaron but i feel like it's realistic Mm mm-hmm yeah, like I feel like he's easily the highest capacity Lyro. And it's not even. I don't think I would consider any of the other ones. Yep. Like it's Aaron is Lyro basically. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's uh that's Aaron. Let's move here to Dan. I want to hear your thoughts on Dan because I kind of hinted to you what mine yeah. were. You said yeah, you said you're rising on Dan. Ah, this episode it didn't stand out to me at all. Like he had that swap comment. And I was like, oh, yeah, that feels nice. But I kind of, I also felt Julie, didn't she have a similar sort of, oh, the swap is upon us. And yeah. and I think I'm wary. I feel like Dan is really fitting into this negative Julie losing finalist place very nicely. And I he's an okay character. He wasn't 
in this episode of 10. Okay, yeah, no, you, you're 100% on the same page as me. Oh. <laughs> By being high on Dan, I feel like I would now put Dan as a losing finalist over anyone else in any position. Like, I, you know what I mean? I would feel more confident calling Dan the losing finalist than any, like, you know what I mean? Like, any other, like, Tommy being the winner or anything like that. Like, yeah. I just, it just seems so right at this point. He feels like he's mm-hmm. literally getting the Julie edit to yeah, almost. Or, like, he's just like, we talk a lot about pieces, but he feels like a piece sort of in the Mike White vein that, like, oh, this person is playing the game and sometimes they drive things and they sometimes they don't. It's not consistent enough to, um, warrant like an actual winner's edit per se but uh someone who's going to be in the end and you can get why they're there but also why they lost yeah absolutely um dan does give off like and this is like i feel like one thing is they always try they never want the end to be a blowout you know what i mean they never want to edit that edit the season is just once the immunity challenge is over the audience knows who wins who mm-hmm. wins there, you want the suspense, you want all that stuff, but you also want to, at the end of the day, understand like why the person who won won. And I feel like Dan is getting like the textbook. You see a like a bunch of front loaded negativity, and then they present him as a as a threat, and then they kind of just remind you that he's there all the time. Yeah, it's the we're seeing the highlight reel. We're not seeing um actually a like a developed thing here. We're just seeing like oh, we got to remind people that Dan's still lurking and. Mm-hmm. he's important so yeah that's my that's my take on dan is basically i would like i he just looks so much like a losing finalist it isn't even funny and i feel like a lot of people think he's gonna leave soon and i think that's something that i'm a little surprised by but yeah i feel like mike white um julie is dan like you mix the two and you get dan yeah yeah i just looking at how these tribes are set up i can't imagine dan going soon i mean watch him be rocked out next episode and we're the wrongest podcast ever but uh yeah it just feels like dan has a lot of longevity yeah and i mean if that happens like we understand why it happened like he has been built negative negatively but i don't know i'm always gonna make the hotter takes rather than just be like oh you know anything could happen so Mm -hmm. calling it now dan's a losing finalist um And also, I like again. He's gotten better. I still think we are going to see more buffoonery and uh, uncomfortable behavior from him. Right. But this is the better. first. This is the first episode I didn't see that. I don't know if my just Dan watch wasn't high enough, and I missed something. But it would have really been hard know. in these challenges. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he just wasn't around a lot. So yeah, that's one hundred percent true. So yeah, I think that that's a that's a good wrap on Dan. Mm-hmm. Um. We'll move here to Elaine, who, I mean, again, this is another kind of coming out party to show in the fun side of her, but I feel like less fun than in the premiere still. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. She's just such a mystery character. Like, I can't, unlike Dan, I can't really fit Elaine in. Like, is she, like, why are they giving her all this, like, ability content? There's this, like, luckiness factor to her now. Uh like the wrestling scene which is just to point out how likable she is like i can't figure out what they're trying to do exactly agreed um unfortunately yeah i this is one where i am kind of a fence sitter but i think the thing is she is getting that edit of the person who their position in the game does not matter and she's made that clear to us she's like in that episode i kind of poked fun where uh she's like oh why would i vote out chelsea why would i vote out dean that's insane like Mm-hmm. it's just kind of put against Aaron 
in that episode, like kind of like subtly pitted against pitted against Aaron. To me, she is actually somebody who has no longevity. She has no meaningful connections on the other side. Um, Dean, I don't know if we've even seen her and Dean talk really. Um, and then who else is there? It's Krishma. Krishma, I guess, actually did have was one of the first people to show like her massive endorsement of Elaine, the super likable person. But overall, Elaine doesn't actually have any connections. And what's her story other than that she's so likable and she wants to be there really bad? Mm-hmm. There isn't one. Yeah, it's weird how now that Tom is gone, just what was the point of Vince, Elaine, and Tom? Like it's other than maybe showing Lyra was fractured, but that just sort of leaves Elaine hanging. Like she, I don't know. She voted out Vince willingly. Like, I don't get it. Maybe CBS all access is developing a pre jury trip survivor special. And you know, you want, you need to have three developed characters there on the pre jury trip. (laughs) Oh yes. The pre jury edic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we kind of saw the same thing, right? With Reem, um, Keith and Wendy. Wendy, yeah. I mean, hmm. same idea, right? Um, I yeah, think it's, they, they were on the infamous Edge of Extinction. So, But two of those people were the deserters, and one of them was Reem. Maybe Elaine is the equivalent to our Reem in this season. Oh, yeah. I mean, there might be something to that, where there's yeah. like this outsider character that people really responded to and liked. Eh. I mean, but that's kind of Survivor, isn't it? You're looking for those weird... You're looking elaine's and nora's and reams and angelina's and all sorts of stuff yeah. um but yeah maybe they're trying to tap into sort of this not so strategically minded but a fun character in elaine absolutely agree and yeah i, I honestly like i feel like one thing that's is good for her is dan's story has been he's looking for naive players to kind of like m- sign to his talent agency kind of contract of i uh, they help each other get him to the end. Elaine mm-hmm. has been presented as naive, and that could be very good being there on the tribe with Dan. That's true. Hmm. She needs to connect to one of these long-term players for me to yeah. buy her as a... Like, if she connects with Dan, lock her for a pretty late gamer. You know what I mean? Like, something like that. It's just she doesn't have it right now, so she could leave whenever. Mm-hmm. Right. Hmm. She'd probably be my pick to leave next. Really? Unless she gets... Like one of those connections. I figured she would get that in this episode, but she didn't. I guess maybe on Vokai, I'm kind of drinking the Rocks Kool-Aid. And she like, I guess they don't go to Rocks, but they're the one that she flips on. But I actually, I think I'm really thinking it's just Lyro again. So yeah, that's actually like, that's the the problem. (laughs) I do think like, I think Vokai will continue to win. And maybe it's one of those things where it's just Elaine would have left if they ever lost. And they're just going to tell us that over and over again. Mm hmm. It's the Gabby, you know what I mean? It's, oh, we really hope that Vokai wins so that Elaine doesn't go home. Or I think if they're merging at 13, maybe she goes in 14th. Yeah, yeah. All, I think, realistic possibilities. I don't think she's long for this game mm-hmm. is basically my take. Okay. Next up, we have Elizabeth, who had a very quiet episode. And I think it's, qu- like, she's got a strange story going on here. Huge yeah. episode one, a couple other big episodes, but has been just taken off the TV show a couple times. It's just like Elizabeth had a like good edit and then some like other dimensional monster took bites out of her edit. And so we're just left with gaps that don't make sense because like, I like Elizabeth and I like her edit, I think when it comes up, but then there's these weird gaps where 
Like, why didn't I get to care about Elizabeth at all in this episode? Yeah. Like, with Elizabeth, it's like if only episode one, three, and four existed, she'd be getting, like, the best winner edit ever. But there's mm-hmm. two other episodes where she wasn't on the show at all. And mm-hmm. then it just makes you think, like, oh, she must be a second thought. She also, her story is clear. It's she was naive, and her meeting Boston Rob is recolored her into being more of a cutthroat player. Good mm-hmm. story. Not told about it all this episode. Right, right. And I think another thing, seeing how Nora was presented this episode, where she also did not have a boat, was for some reason the swing. Makes me think that's just something they're kind of doing with editing to make it our fair, unpredictable is that, oh, this person who doesn't even have a vote, they're the voice. So you don't know how we're actually leaning and how the vote's going to go down. So, yeah, it's very clear that's what they're doing. And it, mm-hmm. I feel like, actually makes Elizabeth look much worse in retrospect. For sure. Yeah. Because that's probably her best point is that first episode, she's randomly narrates the entire post tribal scene. But now that Nora just did the same thing. Not exactly incredible. Also, might I a uh, slight um, uh, offside here? Terrible decision. That is the what. Like, I mean, we talked about how good this episode was. Absolutely, the weakness. Don't have the person who can't vote narrate um, anything. Like, I mean, it was Nora though, so I was like, yeah, very thrilled because gave her something to do in this episode. I yeah. guess, but yeah, um, no, like, but it's it's strange. I don't actually hate it. It's bizarre. And it works for these episodes where I guess it's almost unanimous, but the way they're presenting options makes it look as though a lot of people are going to swing one way or a lot of people swing another way. Yeah. You know, so it works. It's also very bad for all your winner contenders on the tribe with the person who is um, the swing, like the fake swing vote. Like we got to see in episode one, it's Elizabeth is the swing vote, Mm -hmm. how it's edited. Obviously no vote. Episode two, it's Tommy does have a vote makes the decision um you know what i mean like it is very interesting that like i feel like it's very bad for anybody on the tribe with the person who is being superseded by the person with no vote that is true yeah so that's probably another thing to pay attention to we've only had two no votes show up but Mm -hmm. um i'm trying to think if there's anything else with elizabeth her being invisible is actually probably good for her making it a, a little bit further here yeah yeah i do think she's just in like an okay position again and we'll probably make it to the merge yeah yeah that's how i'm reading this is oh she's in a good spot and that's that you know what i mean like yeah she has no there's her second act hasn't happened yet yeah so that's elizabeth Mm -hmm. um someone who i think is very interesting is jason who just got a very strange out of place confessional in this episode Mm -hmm. i've seen a lot of people start doing the Oh, Jason is getting the Michelle Fitzgerald edit content that's not <laughs> necessary. Why is he talking about the four four split at the Applebee's reward? Clearly, the winner. I don't think it's that simple at all. Um, if anything, that was very bad for his winner chances for me personally. Yeah, I think people are still really high on Jason, and I feel like I'm just never going to jump on that train. And I think it's something I'll be proud of at the end. Is that. I never really saw the Jason thing. Like, there's lots of little good bits here and there, and he's a fun enough character who you kind of want to see win, but it's just not all adding up. Like, this wasn't a good swap episode that he... There are places for him to get some relationships here, but he didn't He didn't talk about Nora leaving. He hasn't really said, oh, I've came so far from where I started on Old Vokai. Just, yeah. 
I, I, I'm shocked that people think Jason is a front runner. Yeah, like he's a good. It's just like what we were saying with Kara, right? Like he's a good confessionalist. That's mm-hmm. why he gets these confessionals. He's interesting to listen to. He doesn't really even have a story anymore. Right. Being away from Nora, that story's gone. It does make me 100% sure that he makes the merge. Like, I feel like he's 0% chance of not making the merge. Mm-hmm. But that's not a winner necessarily at all. Like, 12 people make the merge or whatever. Um, <laughs> so not particularly fantastic there. And this episode did nothing for that. I was a little, I was starting to become a little higher on him last week. This week, he basically just says he's a player in the game. And mm-hmm. worse off, he preaches tribe loyalty effectively. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things of this episode is there were players that were at odds with their old tribes who just were like, oh, tribe loyalty, yeah. I think that hits Jason big, Jamal and Nora as well. It's just like, where's the nuance? Nuance? How do you even say that word anymore? Uh, Nuance to these people. Like, Agreed. we saw maybe the best example with Nora and like, it's not even that great. It's just, these people obviously have more than just Lyro versus Vokai going on. So if they're winning, why aren't you showing that? And yes. instead you get these people like Aaron and Missy who are like saying Lyro is dead, which is what they should probably be doing if they're winning. And then Tommy who is making new relationships. So yeah. hundred percent. Like, Literally, you see the difference between Jason's story from this episode is this is the tribal dynamic and I'm sticking to my original tribe. Whereas then you see people like Tommy reaffirm that idea. Okay, it's 4-4, but I need to make sure I have more than that. He's doing, they literally present it as Jason's doing this, Tommy's doing that and more. Mm -hmm. Bad for Jason. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, even like you said, Aaron Messi, they're reaching across the aisle. Um, Kelly is reaching across the aisle. Jason's not. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that might, like, that could be a doomsday thing. That said, I do think Jason's long for the game. It's just. I think so. I, I mean, still, yeah, ninth place, I feel like. Walk in ninth place. Yeah, you said Kara, and I'm like, oh, is Jason the fire making loser? I think I'm just getting to, like, who's the fire making loser point of the season. And yeah, Jason's an interesting fit for that. But yeah, I mean, there's a clear trend of how they edit the fucking loser at this point. Obviously, I think it was. A little bit of a departure, but I, I would say Devin, Kara, who's the fire making loser last year? Angela. Uh, Angela's oh. the weird one, I think. Yeah. But then I guess Rick is also a little weird, but mm-hmm. I think Kara and Devin have identical edits, like literally identical. Um, right. Whereas I do think, like, okay, Rick is an obvious exception. Like, that's your fallen angel. Like, mm-hmm. He got the traditional fallen angel edit. And then um, Angela is the one that kind of sticks out there. Um, but I also think that sort of was more to inform a finalist's um, journey as opposed yes. to because who competed against Devin and was it Ben? Yeah, yeah, Ben. Okay, so I don't know. There's I think interesting what, there. We're not yeah. seeing the conventional Devin Kara thing going on. So. I don't think you can see that until the merge. Um, hmm. If I was to speculate who's the most like them, it's actually Jack because I think the yeah. big thing is that. They get personal content. So I think that the big thing is they get personal content, lower visibility. People assume they'll spike at the merch. They spike in visibility. They start getting five visibilities and are now presented as a obstacle. And they're now presented similar to a winner, but lacking the conventional like 
personal content, lacking the conventional um, relationships. Like you get more like, oh yeah, you know Devin's a surf instructor. Why? Because he said it in the background of a scene in episode one. You're actually incredibly right. That is very solid with Jack. And... I feel like Jack is your um, locked in step one there. Like mm-hmm. often in a duo, you have Ryan and Devin, you have Dan and Kara. I feel yeah. like that is absolutely what you, Jack and Tommy. I mean, like if you're looking for a fire making losers, probably Jack. But oh, but Jack is my number one contender. How could this be? <laughs> More on that later. More on that later. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like fire making loser is a potential for Jason. Again, he's been shockingly low visibility for yeah. how much he's really been a character. He's been mm-hmm. important with, mm-hmm. with pretty low visibility. So I think that's interesting. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think he does go far. Like, yeah. I think he's an interesting piece of the Vokai majority in the end game. He almost reads like Jay or something from Millennials for Gen X. Like, oh, yeah. Early finale or right near the finale kind of like gets winner ish content is established as a good player, but is like just somewhat lacking. And I think that's. Oh, um, you mean like Dr. Mike? Yeah, Dr. Mike. Yeah. Dr. Mike's a good example. I think he's becoming a little bit more. Honestly, no, but you're right. It's still Dr. Mike. It's still Dr. Mike. Yeah. That comparison lives on. And yeah, we'll see if he gets more. He could, but I know. I hope he does. I still really like him. Mm-hmm. That said, I do want him to get more to the funny. Jason, he was in the previous weeks. He's boring in this episode. <laughs> I don't want yeah. him to be our game bot narrator. I don't think he's actually very strategically interesting, but I think he's actually a very endearing person. Like when he's yeah. like, Nora's my friend, I'm going to help her. He becomes way more interesting than every game bot, basically, because you usually don't see that. Um, in this episode, he went back to game bot. I hope he goes back into like the game bot who has a heart, who actually like cares about people, because I think that could be pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. So we'll move here to Lauren, who, oh, uh, thrilling news. Lauren is now in last place for me. Yep. Like with Dean's like spike, like it somehow feels better than like. Lauren just really feels like all over the place and none of it adds up to any sort of winner's edit. Lauren has the opposite of a winner's edit. Yeah. You couldn't make this person look less like a winner. I don't think if you like, I mean, other than like, I guess the opposite of winner edit is actually Ben from Samoa or something, but like, this is pretty dang close where there's no complexity whatsoever. There's no, we know nothing about her. She's, she's like, She's clearly a good player. She's an amazing confessionalist. Gets nothing. Gets yeah. throwaway confessionals. It's they would have an amazing thing to work with if she were the winner, but they're squandering a lot of it and just pushing her to the side. So it's like, yeah, last place, Lauren. But I love her, and please just like stick around. No, I agree. Um, she's cl- like, like I said, I think she's the best confessionalist on the island. Maybe, um, maybe she lacks con- like. Maybe she doesn't, she isn't the best storyteller, but she reacts really interestingly. Like, that oh, could yeah. be a thing that we're like, maybe her stories are terrible. Maybe she can't summarize what's going on. But I thought in the episode where she used Jason and, and um, Nora that she did actually do a good job there. So I don't even think that's an excuse. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she, I think she's honestly just a person who they want to fit in, but can't find a story for. Mm-hmm. And that's right. sad. But yeah, I, I don't think she has a chance to win at all. Like, I would actually put, and I wouldn't put a lot of these people at zero. I'd put, her easily below everybody for that reason. But beyond that, I do want to say, I hope they actually give her a story because she's clearly somebody who like of everybody, she's my pick to come back. 
Because I'm guessing she's just not super relevant to any of the going ons in this season. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. there. She's a good player. I do think again. I think she's our merge boot. Like I, I like it. Just feels right to me. Um, but I hope we get more chance to actually see like some at another layer of her because she seems so interesting. She's yeah. the person like she's the uh, Boba Fett in Star Wars. She's in uh, the cantina and you're in the background and they get to do like one thing and you're like, ooh, tell me more about this person. Like, okay, Luke is interesting or whatever, and Tommy is a nice guy or something. He likes Applebee's. Tell me more about Lauren, please, is how I feel in these episodes. Like, every, like she, her face is so funny in her vegetables. Her voice is interesting. Why is she getting so little content? Yeah. Yeah. Last episode, we predicted Lauren will have a big episode where you know she's going. I want episodes like that before she goes, though. I want big Lauren episodes. Yeah. No, Lauren is also, like, a top candidate for the, like, um, inaugural every year award for the person that when we listen to postseason interviews, we learn was actually a huge player and they're shocked she didn't get more. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like every season has somebody like that. And I feel like it's absolutely Lauren. Like, I'll mark my, like, sign it in blood that Lauren is the person that all the contestants are like, wait, she wasn't, like, a super threat? No way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's always Lauren is there and she's playing a good game, but there's always bigger players who are more important to that uh, the long-term story of the season and that's why she always gets shafted yeah no absolutely like to me she screams mid-merge like early merge Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah. cool so unfortunately lauren a moment of silence for the queen but we'll move here to someone who i think this episode solidified them is i think my favorite on the season Maybe it's still, it's probably still Kelly, but number two is easily my girl, Missy. Hmm. I loved that segment of her, like Dean on the hunt for who killed Chelsea. And then it was like film noir, beautiful goodness. I cannot, like, I feel like this is one of those segments that I will remember next season when I think about this season, like in the coming, in five years, I'll remember detective Dean and his pursuit of, your mob boss, like we got to see Missy Corleone here, <laughs> be like, "Yeah, I killed your girlfriend." You don't know, but amazing. Like hmm. she, her confessional delivery was so good. They do the recap. Like she is an incredible survivor character. Hmm. I, I just saw her tweet like after being like, "Am I the villain?" And it's like, kind of, but like it's okay. Like we still like you. Um, how do you feel about her as a winner, though? Terrible. Yeah, I mean, we've been pretty low on her these past few episodes. I think that's finally starting to slip for people. Like, it's really, like, the wheels are really falling off the wagon at this point. I think this episode, it kept her as, like, a character. You can see, like, going far, like, still relationship with Aaron there. She's the one who says Lyra is dead, so if that's a good thing, good for her. But it's still, it's still not a cohesive story. Yeah. And I think that's what's working against her. Yeah, the big problem here is that she pre like she is our she's the person who's edited as the best player. You know what I mean? Like that's what it is. Mm-hmm. She creates the girls' alliance and she runs original Iro. She grabs Aaron from the bottom. They're able to work. Like Missy is the person who's gonna come back. Yeah. She's our Rick Devin. She's the like she's a good candidate for being like the robbed goddess or something like that. I feel like that mm-hmm. seems 
Like, you know, by that, I mean finale boot, not winner, but I also don't think she'll make it quite that far. I think it's more likely she's Zeke. Hmm. Makes a move too early at the merge. Um, maybe punishes, gets punished for it by getting voted out, but is remembered fondly as a really, really strong female character and player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like there aren't enough iconic, aggressive female players. I feel like she's somebody that they're absolutely building up to bring up, bring back. Mm-hmm. I could see her as a merge boot. Mm-hmm. Like everything's built up against her. Vokai re reconvenes with the aid of Krishna. Dean finds out, and all the pieces are there. But I yeah, mean, that's that also, the thing is that's dependent on Dean and Krishna making the merge. Which, but I hot take. I think that Missy will leave because Dean cracks the case. <laughs> Oh, man. I think they that story will pop. I do think that we will see Dean and Missy there at the merge, or maybe if there's another swap or something. I think we are going to see that uh, kind of culminate because of how much content it got. This mm-hmm. episode. Um, and yeah, like, I mean, I don't think they show that um, recap, if not for that. If so, they pull a trick on me. But um, yeah, I feel like Missy makes it to the merge for sure. But after that, not super high on her chances. But she's yeah. absolutely my favorite character. I really like the story they've told with her. Because it's not even like, it's just they've built her up well. She's got heat. Right. I would say Missy is not my favorite character because she is what I thought we would get from Aaron. And so it's like fitting into that archetype, which I don't like usually, but like good for her. Because like, that's a really good character place to be, I think. Mm -hmm. But it's just, it's too strategically strong. Yeah, it's all strategy. Like, I mean... (laughs) We do have that really good personal content with her from episode one. Mm-hmm. And she did fight Elaine, but yeah. but she so, lost. So I don't think she's drawing dead. Like, yeah. You tell me she wins uh, flash forward to like eight weeks from now. Mm-hmm. I'll believe a time traveler who tells me that. But mm, uh, forecast not looking. But high. I would like some winning lottery numbers as well. Yeah, exactly. Please. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I need some insurance there. Um, yeah, because like. The thing is, is like she is kind of morphing into the villain, but like a likable villain, I think. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's just villains at this point is like you love to hate them. But it's yeah. like it is her different where you're like they're antagonistic, but I like them. Yeah. Whereas like Karishma is probably realistically the antagonist or the person who, who sorry, that draws the most hatred, at least. But mm-hmm. Missy's the villain who you do kind of want to see toppled. Mm-hmm. interesting distinction there but yeah, yeah i don't know missy i hope continues to be able to pull off like big moves and stuff like that i hope that she gets that option she's clearly one of the most capable players on this cast mm-hmm. for sure so i hope she i hope like her story gets to be as developed as i ideally would like it to be because i think she could go down as like one of like best first performances ever just already like she seems to have like understand the game in a really really strong way Oh, yeah. Probably comes sure. off a little too strong, though. Yeah. So, yeah, that's probably good for Missy. Mm-hmm. Cool. What are your thoughts on Tommy, Joseph? Uh, I am, like, fully drinking the Tommy Perfect Winner Edit Kool-Aid. Like, it's just so good. Like, how... I don't want to be wrong, like, if it's this good. Yeah. It's just... I don't... Like, every episode just matters and i i need to like remember that episode two where you didn't have content until after the immunity challenge but it's so hard when every other episode is just like a dream in terms of a winner's edit yeah like 
spot on. Like the thing is with Tommy, okay, could would I put him above every single other person combined? Probably not, but it'd be pretty dang close. Mm. He's getting out an outstanding edit, and obviously, it could be a trick. He could be a decoy. He could, but decoys usually don't look like this. To be honest, um, mm-hmm. they usually look a lot more complex and weird. Um, Tommy doesn't even have that really. Uh, one episode, he's basically got to be all sides too. He's got to be the swing vote. He's like I said earlier, he has been the guy at the swap. He got an amazing swap episode, both strategically and positionally on his tribe. Mm-hmm. He also got to like narrate the Applebee's reward, and like that's the weirdest thing he's done. Like, yeah. I probably looking at this list of people on Vokai. Like the last person I want to narrate the wonderful foods of Applebee's, but mm-hmm. it's good. It's not a bad look. Yeah, it's not like he had anything interesting to say. He basically listed off what he ate. He did say, "Okay, this is the biggest red flag." He did say that the shark bowl was clear blue. That is an opaque blue. If I ever saw it, <laughs> we need to. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. It's like neon blue, like like bright blue. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah, I mean, the winner's just been shown as wrong. Or sorry, Tommy's just been shown yeah, as wrong. Can he be ha- the winner? Yeah, I mean, it's just the negativity we've seen in recent winners. Yeah. You have to make them a little negative. And really, how else are you going to do it with Tommy? Yeah, he's golden. Like he's literally golden. And I feel like there is like I'm thinking I'm seeing online kind of a a. Uh, flipping of the script of people who were pro Tommy before being like, oh, it can't be this easy. Sometimes yeah. it is. Yeah, he feels like um, Kim Spradlin. Yeah. He feels, and it really vibes with the like pagonging narrative because yeah. that's what that's what happened in One World, lest it we is. forget that amazing season. Um, Hot take, his edit is better than Kim Spradlin's was at this point. Oh, for sure. But it's like, the same sort of like, can't I, if I remember correctly, Kim was a lot of strategy, but she had like fun moments. Like, like she would get these like reward narrations. And yeah, Kim Spradlin, not the best person for that, but it was there. And it made you be like, oh, I like Tommy also like Applebee's. Mm-hmm. So I can relate to this person. And I think that's the thing is like, I do think there is a reputation that Survivor tries to be tricky with their um winner but like if you honestly go back and you look at what like the edit community who they thought was gonna win a bunch of seasons yeah there's a lot of them that from episode one was the like internet favorite the entire season Mm -hmm. it's not that uncommon like yeah um it's like like, i'm just looking at our podcast with the exception of chris it's been me tricking myself and being like but i don't want this person to win yeah. So like I fall out of it. But like, yeah, like Wendell makes sense. Nick makes sense. Chris, like Edge of Extinction was weird, but I still get that too. Yeah, we like we the whole season were someone from Edge of Extinction is gonna win. Did we pick the right horse? No. We still got that. You know what I mean? Like it's not mm-hmm. like when you look at the history of Survivor winners, most of them most seasons are not San Juan del Sur. Most seasons are not Gabon. Mm-hmm. Most seasons are Mike's the universal favorite from episode one um like i'm looking at the unspoiled edgic forums edgic boards right now and just scrolling through here um rob in redemption island from episode basically from the very start 
Um, you have Todd from the start. You have JT from the start. You have Yule. It's not like Wendell. Yeah, These are all I mean, people that were front runners from the very start, and they were just presented that way because most people do not pay attention to this stuff at all. They mm-hmm. don't. The survivor editors do not care about the Edgic community at all. I mean, and I guess this is what Edgic is sort of based on. But like, even people like Sophie or Natalie, like people caught onto that. They were like, "This isn't the best at it, but there's something going on." And like, I think we, yeah, we think of like Gabon and even Nicaragua. Oh, there's there's weirdness going on, but the story makes sense in the end. Like, you get why Bob wins Gabon. You get why Fabio wins Nicaragua. Like, they're not going to make it as wild as we want it to be. Like, Jenna Bowman, like, great winning at Ghost Island. But, like, that was so unrealistic. Like, it looks like the pieces are there, but looking back, they're not. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, you just sort of, yeah. I mean, that's Edric. That's why we're here. Yeah, I mean... Um, the thing is, like, Tommy is his edit as in your face as they've been in the past. Not even. He's not, he's never been the most visible character in an episode. Mm-hmm. Nick was five times more visible than Tommy was so right. far. Um, Ben was more visible. Like, this isn't, he's not even in your face. If you're a casual audience member, you might not even be, cl- like, you might not clue into this at all. And I think that's the big thing is he is actually kind of protected by his visibility. He isn't actually in your face that much. Mm-hmm. He's just presented as a likable dude at this point. Likable, good, likable, good player, Tommy. Um, yeah. So yeah, to me, he's at the point where he's almost above the entire, almost. He um, could topple. That's the thing is like, he could be Josh, but like, even when you look at um, like San Juan del Sur, like people weren't like, I don't know, like people were high on Josh. They were high on it was also a season where people were scattered. It yeah. wasn't like, oh, it's definitely Josh. It was like, what is happening? There's mm-hmm. all these people being edited very weirdly. It's very distinct. Like, it's a very notable season where it is like things feel wrong. Like, there doesn't feel like a front runner. This isn't that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a guy way out in front and then a bunch of other people. So, yeah, I, I would know. say there's one person on Lyra who I haven't seen. I don't know if I would say. They make up for enough to not completely have Tommy yeah. out number one, but otherwise, yeah. It's yeah, just... if you gave me Tommy and Kelly above everybody, I'll take that bet a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. no question, no question. And yeah. with just Tommy, it's close. Like, I, I put Tommy well above Kelly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I don't know. He really has just like the glowing thing. Like his. St- story makes sense we even have i think this is an underreported story here we have dean on the other tribe give him the most like stealth positive second person visibility i've ever seen where dean the division one basketball player is less good at basketball than tommy that yeah that was notable it was weird though because he was like the goofy lanky redhead so i I think that's positive yeah i think if anything it's positive I think it's more likely just a note, but I guess it's there if he does win. Like, yeah, Dean did say this. I feel like that airs in his winner package. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's a way to make him more likable. Like, mm-hmm. if they said like I don't know, like if they said carrot top or something, less good, but like <laughs> you know what wow. I mean? Like, but they they said goofy, lanky, redheaded guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. That that just makes him seem more like personable. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, he's like me too. He likes Applebee's and he's lanky. It makes him almost seem like an underdog. Um, I actually think the worst content for him 
was that they presented him as a immunity threat at the merge. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't look like Ozzy or Joe or anyone like that, like any of these normal people at all. So sky's the limit for Tommy. Um, yeah, I honestly think he's either the merge boot Rob, like fourth. Like, I really think he leaves in like the merge boot, the winner or fourth place. Like, I really don't think he has much. Like, I don't think he could be like 10th place or something or pre-merge or anything. It's very narrow windows, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, and his story is good. I mean, he's a teacher on this. I And that's the thing is the fact that that teacher theme is kind of on the back burner is still good for Tommy. Because mm-hmm. I think it will come back up. Um, He's got one of the best premieres, I think, ever. So mm-hmm. <laughs> things looking golden for Tommy Boy. Mm-hmm. And I guess other than he is too obvious a winner, is there anything against him? Like, it's that second episode, but I, it's not bad enough that I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, it's all in the last half, but that's really my complaint. Like, maybe he didn't go to tribal thinking it was going to go that way, but it was his choice. Yeah, those are the worst things. Like I said, the Applebee's comment, like kind of the worst thing, but not bad. Yeah, like um, it, it's just one of those weird things where when the worst thing in your edit is you were presented as the swing vote with a lot of power and agency on a tribe, that's your worst thing. Mm-hmm. That's that's his episode too. Is he he's the swing vote and is presented that way when multiple other swing votes have taken their agency away by it being somebody without a vote. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like in the other situation, so an episode. I guess in episode four, the swing vote is Missy. Missy gets that role. Uh, episode three, it's no one. It's presented as Vince kind of running yeah. everything. So like, yeah, those those episodes are just the chaos of Lyra almost. Yeah, not it's not the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's definitely something to pay attention to. Like, sure, it could be a editor thing. Like, they are just choosing to make it more unpredictable. Maybe it's there to uh, highlight that Tom is able to be the swing vote. Mm-hmm. Look how in the middle he is. Is yeah, I don't know. Tommy Blowman edit. He's also an amazing confessionalist. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, dude is. If he wins, he. I feel like we're on track to have him be like one of those Kim Spradlin iconic winners. Like will be a contender to be one of the best winners. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> that's Tommy. That's the Vokai tribe. Um. Mm-hmm. Again, I, if. If we're going complex tribe theory, I think this is probably our complex tribe. I'm I'm still struggling. It's obviously the first one. We need more, but it really is a situation where the characters are split in such a way that like I could see it going either way, and I don't quite know. I think I, I would think... lean on this one, and the more times they don't go to tribal, the better. Because we're yes. gonna it looks like we're getting more four four split content next episode. Which to not... me is the confirmation we will not get a 4 force point. <laughs> like, I don't think they're going to telegraph a rock draw. They're going to be like, an exciting thing happens. Mm-hmm. No one trusts each other. They're not going to be like, I mean, rock yeah. draw. We had someone looking like they got hurt and were going to get evacuated. And instead it's turned into uh, Karishma flips on our tribe and mm. was, yeah. Yeah, so. those next time on are always deceitful. They're like they show you truthful information, but like <laughs> skewed wrong, like without context. And no, we're really yeah, yeah. Not just not to shock you all, but the next time on <laughs> might not be hot take. Yeah, yeah. so Thanks, yeah, but, 
that brings us here to New Lyro. Um, very interesting tribe of people. This is all of our like sidekicks and like you know what I mean it's like our main characters are over here on Vokai and like, mm-hmm. it's it's almost like the usual suspects of just like these weird buffoons and yeah cartoon like characters. If, if you're talking about a like high school click mentality, like new Vokai is like the popular kids and then new Lyro is like the misfits. Yeah, they, these are your people who hang out under the stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, like <laughs> all like even like like even when you look at the people who are like presented positively or at least not like a cartoon character, it's like Jack who was left out of the vote and like has got some goofy content. Mm-hmm. It's somehow probably on the top half of this. <laughs> that I think that says enough. Like it's real uh, wacky folks here. <laughs> So I guess let's start here, as we do, with Detective Dean Kowalski himself, who gets to um, say his last name on television. Mm-hmm. I thought he instantly rose my up my rankings as my favorite piece. Very fun to listen to. He has this awkwardness to him that's actually pretty endearing. I don't know. I don't think I'm still quite aboard the Dean train. But yeah, what a weird episode. I thought when this episode was starting... He was going to quit, and that's why we were getting a three-time five-five-five <laughs> split. But then that didn't happen, so I was like, "Oh, this is the perfect Dean boot episode." Like a little bit of his wackiness before he goes, and now that hasn't happened. So it's still the mystery of the truest mystery of all—the one Dean himself could not solve—is slotting him into where he fits in to the season. Hot take: Dean is the second most likely winner of original Iro. Like, I honestly think it's more likely that they are intentionally trying weird with Dean's edit than a lot of these people winning. <laughs> like, I think it's kind of interesting. You keep him completely ignored. You have him debut in a huge moment with the split vote. And then you have him actually develop a personality from there and relationships that matter. Um, I think it's very, very interesting. I think it's possible. I think Dean 100% makes the merge. I'm not sold on that. Really? I know I'm not as high on Dean as you are. <laughs> okay. Well. I think I think he could still I feel like it's very possible. Like big spoiler, New Lyro just goes to all the tribal councils and Dean and Karishma go. Like that's my thought. No way. No way. I my prediction here, if this tribe loses, I think we're losing Jamal or Janet. And I don't think so. I really I I really think it's gonna be Jamal if they lose. Um and yeah, like I feel like Dean Hmm, I don't like his story is an interesting one. He does kind of hit on these. He has this vengeance theme. Um, maybe it does come back to bite him, but like, why build up the Dean Missy feud if you're not gonna have them reunite? Like, I feel I guess bad storytelling is always an option. They just, I think, to funny. go back to that Missy for a bit, I think that builds more into who Missy is than Dean is necessarily. That's how it felt for me. Mm. It's more putting. Missy as this big game player rather than because it's just so out of the blue for Dean to have this episode. It really feels like they forgot. Like it almost feels like his story is like they forgot he did stuff. And they're like in episode three, they're like, or episode four, they're like, oh my god, I forgot he has this vengeance arc. We gotta throw in his showmance. <laughs> so like, it really feels like secondary, but they give a whole opening segment to this thing. You know what I mean? Like he does talk for a lot early mm-hmm. on. That's it fair. The whole yeah. episode, right? It was built up as a pretty big deal. I guess the story could be Missy is the godfather who slips away before Detective Dean's able to catch her. You know, like that's a reasonable story. Um, 
And so it's something you see, like maybe Missy would have lost if Dean would have got to her, but alas, Dean got voted out. Um, that said, I, I honestly, I don't think it's going to be the case. I feel like we are going to see Dean and Kelly work together. Um, and I feel like they're going to do something like maybe take out Nora or Jamal or something. That seems the most reasonable. I, mm, that's not my read on this at all. I, really? Yeah, I feel like I just think the Vokai members stick together. And maybe you get like Jamal going. I think Nora, Janet, Kelly, and Karishma come together. Hmm. But I don't know. I I feel like Karishma could go next and then Dean just follows. Mm, that makes me sad, but you could be right. The thing with Dean is I'm glad he's there. Um, because he does have this like really um like weird charisma where like mm-hmm. you seem as a doofus, but like a fun doofus. But yeah. also one that you don't necessarily like either. I think it's a it's a he's a very unique character. He's got a unique energy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I like that he's like low key kind of bad at the challenges and stuff. Like I think that's pretty funny. But then like got credit. Like Nora was like he's good at challenges. Yeah, I mean oh, Nora. Yeah, I don't think Nora's exactly the most reliable. Yeah, <laughs> eh, whatever. Um, do you have anything else to say about Dean? No, I'm still really low on his chances. Obviously not last. He's not even second to last, though. So this episode was a net good. That's um, what I mean. He's improving. He, he is the lowest old Lyro for me. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can forgive those first two episodes without a confessional. Yeah. No. I guess to me, I'm almost just more willing to bet that it's like they had a... Someone had this crazy plan to have him introduced in the... Uh, like someone was like, "How funny would it be if we introduced him for the first time, saying the split the vote thing?" I could <laughs> see that. Like that seems realistic enough. Like you know, what I mean, like if if the thought process is, "How funny would this be?" Very funny. Mm. Oh, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, realistic. Dan, do you remember how we just talked about Tommy and how most of the time winners edits are actually pretty predictable? Okay, do I think Dean is our winner? No, I do not think so. <laughs> but. Ooh, actually, quick stalling moment, because we did have a reader mail that I thought was spot on this point. Um, I think it was this last episode, but basically what they said, it was, um, let's see if I can grab this super quick. I think I got it. Boom. We got mail me guy feet. Amazing username, by the way, saying <laughs> the only way Dean wins. And this is from the last episode is if he goes on some woke Kill Bill streak where he learns from his past and wildly evolves from purple to power. That being said, Dean isn't going to win. What did we just see? We are seeing Dean go from purple to a detective with an agency with a direct story that he's that we get flashbacks. and That's your editor. Yeah. That's the one who he did it. Dean is the bride. Yeah. I I mean, it's very, very possible. Um, maybe not very, very possible. Somewhat possible. <laughs> With <laughs> no, it's too far. You're on the record. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We'll get to Nora, and that's mm. where the series will really cool. So okay, cool. So Nora's your dean, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if all the front runners get voted out in a row. Maybe Dean is the meme winner. Well, yeah, I mean that's yeah <laughs> the Gabon of it all. But yeah, you know, what I mean, if Tommy's Marcus, and uh, it still doesn't really work, but. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine mm-hmm. um but yeah so that's probably good for dean fantastic character um and i just hope it continue i hope they continue this like path of lunacy going on here mm-hmm. that brings us here to jamal who nope. you have skipped jack oh which uh didn't we all this episode 
He got a confessional. He did get a confessional. What did that confessional say? Oh, yeah, we should definitely get rid of Karishma because she's holding us back. Yeah. And then we didn't get anything else. He wants to get a a win on the Orange Tribe. And then, I mean, shocker of all shocks, Karishma didn't go home. And so me sitting in my house was like, oh, no, the Jack train has ran off the rails. And he's he's not a contender for me anymore. I, I think there's a chance. But it's now in the same way I think Janet has a chance. Yeah. In other words, very slim. And I you saying agree. you saying Firemaker Loser was just like, oh, like that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Like, good content, but not always the best content, and it doesn't always fit together. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, Jack so, is also somebody who could be a losing finalist in the other um, lens of one. Like, not the Dan mm-hmm. likable one, but the we've been shown that he doesn't care that much. Like, he, he doesn't want to just chill on the beach. Mm-hmm. That's also kind of code for not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack is a late gamer, I think. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. Um, he has that complexity behind him that um, I feel like we just haven't really seen with a lot of these people. So I feel like Jack is definitely top eight top nine mm-hmm. that gives him some win equity i think he's more likely than most people yeah but you're right he's in the janet tier where it's if tommy gets if if it's uh if it's san wendell sir mm-hmm. basically he can pick up the torch but even then people like aaron are kind of gaining on him right like and for i mean this is truly just a bad swap episode like we didn't get like oh there's were my existing relationships here's where i stand now on new lyro like I think the weird thing about Jack and Janet is they have that really like positive looking scene with Karishma, but neither of them got to comment on it in any way. And so that's a problem for both of them. Is I agree. There's this perfect opportunity to make them look really good, especially in contrast to when Karishma cut her hand and nobody on Lyro cared. Yes. And they were like halfway there and then they didn't go all the way. So it's not terrible. It's not bad, but it's not, it doesn't complete the package, I guess, that, oh, these people are different. Agreed. And I almost think Janet's more likely than Jack. Oh, yeah. I have that. Um, which is obviously very bad for Jack. But the other thing is, if they just didn't air that, conf- like, if he was just no confessional in this episode, he has a better chance of winning. Mm-hmm. On first watch, I watched the episode. And I even tweeted out saying this looked really good. I misheard his confessional when I watched it the first time. Mm-hmm. When I was watching the television, I first thought that he said he wanted to keep Karishma. And I was like, oh, that was a really good episode because we just saw earlier him and Karishma kind of bond over her, uh, her husband and her marital problem. Now we see like low key them kind of having a connection. He wants to keep her. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, really good for Jack. Not what happened at all. Very bad for Jack. Very yeah. bad for Jack. It's like the opposite where he bonded with Karishma, didn't, wasn't shown really with Dean or Tom per se, then went back and said, yeah, we still need to get her out though. Yep. And then that didn't happen. And he like, he knew it wasn't going to happen. He voted for Tom. So mm-hmm. and didn't yikes. comment on that at all. He didn't comment on his knowing. Yeah. That's, In the world. that's where I always have the problems is when they don't like follow through and say like oh i'm weighing things out like janet wasn't a complete lock for tom by any means but Mm. she was the one who got to say this is why we should maybe get rid of tom yes no absolutely and i think the other thing here is that with jack he was used as a catch-all for 
old Vokai members accepting Kurishma. Like, sure, he was in that scene where they're talking and bonding, but mm-hmm. because there's nothing that actually f- draws him to it, he's just a, a embodiment of the Vokai tribe. Mm-hmm. Like, um, if you fl- like Nora or whatever, could all I'm guessing that was just the best co- best shot they had of it, and he just happened to be there rather than an intentionally placed thing, right? So real bad for Jack. Um, that said, he is still somebody I would consider. I still think he's a late gamer. Just his story is a personal story, not anything else. Right. Yeah. Those four first four episodes make a lot of sense. So I don't mm. want to just completely slash his chances, but it was not not great. Yeah. And like the thing is, he could he'll probably I really do think he's going to pop up as like a main character at some point. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean he's the winner. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Next move here to Jamal. Um who was, I think, very interestingly, like, the opposite of Jack in one of the two episodes ago. Now, he's basically a different character. He's very neutral in this episode. Mm-hmm. I don't that's really know like, what to make of Jamal. Like we said with Jason, that's the last thing Jamal should be. Jamal yeah. has that where he should be like, they blindsided me, and I, I still have this idol. I have a lot of pieces here to do something about where I am. And yet, yeah, we just got to vote out one of these old, iro members and just doesn't all connect Mm -hmm. and like we even have earlier in the season jamal say that he doesn't he doesn't want to be a player who just does nothing he wants agency he wants control Mm -hmm. after he's blindsided at the molly vote um i think that's something that's very interesting he's like i want to cause chaos i want to target dan who's not a tribe with and then like he wanted to use nora to target dan well (laughs) he's now want to tribe with nora but there's no Dan there. I do think Jamal could be the impetus for Dean and Krishma surviving. I think that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's his best case scenario because I really think because I believe Dean and Krishma make the merge and I think new Lyra is going to keep losing. I think we're literally, I'm willing to say we are either losing Jamal next episode or Jamal is taking out one of the big players in the next episode. Hmm. I think I overlap with the idea that Jamal could leave, but I still think the other most likely path is that it's a continued Pagong. Mm, that'd be really disappointing if his story is how he wants to shake the cage and uh, be a rebel and all that kind of stuff. And then they just, <laughs> he's nothing. Well, I mean, if he's, what we saw in that third episode is he did it in a bad way that backfired on him. I think yeah. it's possible we see him try again. It still backfires. And he goes. Yeah. Yeah. No. I would say that's reasonable. Um, it's a man who treats himself with grace. He's um, actually like I like the way he talks. He talks in a very matter of fact. Yes. Yeah. I I like Jamal. I mean, I said it. We, I like this almost this, this entire cast. But yeah, Jamal's pretty good. Mm-hmm. He's not a main character, but he's got an interesting story going here, mm-hmm. and he's one of the ones who I'm very curious where. Because I think, like, one of my favorite things about Survivor is always just how much craft they put in good seasons that they put into everybody's story. You can actually kind of trace what it, like, what the story means. That's, like, a big reason we do this podcast. And his is one of the ones that I'm really interested to see what it's actually saying. Because Hmm. his story has been, he was arrogant in episode two. He turns into a player who's like, no, I want more. I want more. And then uh, he's just a guy who's happy again. Like he goes from like happy go lucky to overconfident to very angry to happy and overconfident again. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, I don't know. I'm very interested to see what it's saying because I think they are doing something with Jamal. I think they have a, they, I think they have a story in mind here. Mm-hmm. I just can't figure it out. Yeah, and it might be. It would be another case if he went home. He would go home with an idol. Mm-hmm. It would add to that string of things for the season. So, and he's absolutely a top candidate to leave with an idol because of the sleeping and the snoring and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very possible. Uh, you have anything else to say about Jamal? I don't believe so. Okay. So that brings us here to Jeanette. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Okay. Cause you've lowered on Jack. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious where you sit on Janet. I would say, I think hmm, she had a good episode, but it's still, it's like in that same tier as she was last time. I think her problems for last episode still carry over. And this episode wasn't like amazing enough that it would lift her out of it. Like, I really just see just one path or so of her getting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's the hope she can inherit Tommy's edit story. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very good that she, like, I thought that, again, I, I think Janet is playing one of the better games out there on the island. Yeah. She seems clearly looks like a good player. She talks like a good player. I think it was an expert read where she's like, Tom's a good dude. That's why he has to go. Yeah. He's going to be loyal to his team. And just like, yeah, reading his words and being like, oh, like he's telling me the truth, but he's also just going to go back to his old alliances. Mm -hmm. And I really liked the way she put it, where she was like, "Um, Tom is a straight shooter Mm -hmm. and I like him, but he will he'll leave me at the merge. Yeah, that was really, really again. It's this like viewing them as which pawn is most likely to be my pawn. Mm hmm. You can so see how much these people are all influenced by Dom and Wendell grabbing Laurel and Donathan. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this person will be loyal to us. This person will not. And I think that's very, very interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, Janet's clearly an amazing player. Um, and that, honestly, her edit is a lot worse than what she's playing. Yeah. Which is actually why I still have her in contention. Because hmm. I have it's- faith in her. Her premiere is good. She's been visible enough to like, people know who she is. Um, they know what she wants into the game and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. I also have a lot of confidence in her as a player, mm-hmm. separate, like just on a logic basis, which makes me see her as a prime candidate to inherit an edit and be able to do something with it. Yeah. Like on the beach, I could see her making the end by playing so well. On top of that, her edit's pretty good ish and there's some fluctuation at the top. So she could end up being a front runner. And I think that's really, really good for Janet. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things is with her archetype, we don't get a lot of her, like who she is winning. So I think there's room there for some weirdness, maybe. Mm. Um, But we talked earlier in the episode about how in the hard work theme, some of the challenge weakness is being hidden. I think Janet is one of the like prime contenders of that. Like her in that one challenge at the teeter totter, like she had to, dive multiple times but it wasn't presented as bad here i think her and tom were almost as slow well as norn karishma but it wasn't presented near as bad as those two so mm-hmm. i think that's a good thing going for her. it's just some her edit throughout those first four episodes just had enough flaws that it's not like while we have tommy and while we have kelly it doesn't make sense to also have janet up there agreed 100 percent agree she's a has the foundation for more mm-hmm. 
because some people can't just all of a sudden have more like um lauren no matter what she gets in the future i will never consider Mm -hmm. janet if she starts increasing she does have the foundation for a house of a good edit of a good story she does have a story there the problem again there is no act two yet she just proves she's not just an older woman we need to see something else there we need act two hasn't happened yet yeah I mean, Janet and Lauren are interesting to compare because I think they're both playing good games that aren't being as shown as strong. But Lauren, if Lauren's edit stays in a similar way, like it's not good. Whereas I think Janet, if it's like this episode and like episodes, better episodes before it, like she's just going to stay about the same and that's mm-hmm. good for her. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I think that's a very interesting thing. I'm Right now, I'm just quickly check. Oh, no. I was going to make a comparison to somebody, but it is not a good one, so I will not. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, Janet. The other thing is, like, we haven't had the older female win in a very long time. Um, it like, would be Denise and Denise, right? yeah. Which, and, yeah, you remember her edit? There was, like, that slump in the early merge, mm-hmm. which threw people off. And now we're seeing that a lot with people, like, with main contenders who just falter at the merge. And so it's interesting how, yeah, things might not be the same as our typical um, sort of leader male figure type that is one. Yeah. And like the only other comparisons really are like Sandra, who's arguably an older female in Heroes of Villain, mm-hmm. gets a pretty quiet winner's edit. And Tina yeah. is obviously the dog, like the quote unquote dog who didn't bark, mm-hmm. is invisible in the premiere. Um, it, I feel like with this archetype, it is absolutely in play that they under edit them. Yeah. What they're the way they play and get to the end and win isn't as, as established. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think harder to spot and there's the editing cases aren't there where you can point out the comparisons between necessarily. yet. Absolutely. So that's the thing. She absolutely has a shot. It just, how high that Mm -hmm. is that remains to be seen. Mm -hmm. Karishma. Very, very interesting. Before we get to Krishna, okay, did cool. you say you thought Janet might leave next episode? I think it's possible. Mm-hmm. I don't think she has longevity at all. That's the biggest thing to me against Janet. I don't think she has like a golden ticket. I don't think she has plot armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. Okay. I can see that where even though it looks like she's playing a really good game, it there's nothing there that doesn't suggest it could fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whereas, like, I think a lot of the, I think the big problem is to me, a lot of these people have plot armor. Like, Karishma, don't think she's going to be going anywhere. It seems too developed. Could be Big Wendy, I guess. Huh. So could leave. But people like Dean, I feel like, has plot armor. Jack isn't going anywhere. Kelly's probably not going anywhere. Nora's probably not going anywhere. It doesn't leave a whole lot of options okay. over here. And I feel like there's tribes going to lose more than the other tribe. Yeah. But yeah, I guess as we move on to Karishma, part of that is. I kind of feel like she could go at any time. Like I get it. Like I get the Christmas story. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's done. I keep waiting for it to be done. And maybe that's part of what they're doing is, Oh, just wait until she survives again against this person. But mm-hmm. every episode I'm like, Oh, this is the one. Like, no, I think she's here for the long haul. I think Krishna is going to be a, I wouldn't be surprised if she's the last Lyra standing. Um, mm. She just really, I feel like, I guess she, to me, she's less sure than Dean for me. Um, she could leave. You know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I won't be 100% shocked if she goes. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to put it out there that I really do think she will make the merge. Um, 
there's been a complexity behind her that I don't think is um, necessary at all. I feel like you could dig into her much easier, but they're giving her the growth at it. Like, absolutely. Right. She's like this episode, right? It's she's learning um, how to be a Indian woman in 2019 in a like a hard job in a new social environment. And it's a very interesting story because like we're seeing like she's like, yeah, I don't know what this means for my real life. I feel like this is really complex, nuanced and captivating stuff that I can't imagine. They're just letting be for like a pre-merge boot. Yeah, that's fair. There is this, the complexity of Karishma. They never, even last episode, they never want to fully bury her. And mm-hmm. maybe that's because she survives, but also it feels like they're going beyond that and showing like really good aspects of her, or at least like really where she's in the right. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, my tribe didn't care about me when I cut my hand, stuff like that. And that is what makes it hard. But Seeing Wendy last season, it feels like an extension of that, where it's a nice, like, complex character, but that doesn't mean they have the longevity there. So That's I think, very true. Yeah. I think, and I think part of it is also just my disbelief that, like, I don't know how now both Lyro did it twice, and now this tribe has also decided, yeah, we can, we can keep this, keep Karishma in, and, like... Everyone is saying it will jeopardize our chances of winning immunity. And it's just, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I really do think that, I mean, even when you look at, the thing is, when you look at the first episode, her story is, like, she has a story from from minute one. Episode one, she says she wants to be cool, calm, charisma. She doesn't want to let the, like, the annoying parts of her personality come out. That's her first confessional. That's the first confessional of the whole season. She fails to do that. Well, episode one, she successfully does it. She reads Elaine is a good player, gets in the girls' alliance. Episode two, she learns the girls' alliance doesn't value her. She's an outsider, and then like everything built, like she shows the annoying parts of her personality. But it takes her side. It buries Lyra instead of her Mm -hmm. over and over again. She's usually justified. They do let us see some negative parts of her, which is why I don't think she's gonna win. (laughs) If they didn't, because like. You take away a couple of those scenes with her talking to Vince and stuff, and I think she looks like a winner. Mm-hmm. The problem is we do see her negativity a little too much. Yeah. But she's very like, mixed. Yeah. Last episode wasn't great. Like, last episode was really like, Lyra should be getting rid of Karishma, and they didn't. But then it went back to this where it's like, I don't know, Karishma's great, but... Mm-hmm. She found a new home. Mm-hmm. And really I think it's... Yeah. Hard to nail down. I I can't think of someone we've seen like her before this. And I would um, say, yeah, if she goes pre-merge, it's Wendy. But it's, yeah. who else is, maybe, like, I don't know. Do you really not think there's a good chance of Jamal, Karishma, Nora, and Dean working together? No. As all people who are outcast by their tribe? I, mm, that would be really... We mentioned this vengeance story. They're all on this tribe. Hmm. It would be a shock to me. I wouldn't hate it. But it's not, it's not what I see coming together. I feel like it's more likely that the girls come together than those four. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that is realistic, but, like, Mm -hmm. it is kind of wild. Like, if you look at people who've been presented as on the bottom, Mm -hmm. Dean, Jack, Jamal, Karishma, Nora are all people who were presented as at the bottom. Mm -hmm. 
um, whether explicitly voting in the minority, four of them have that. And Nora's the only one who hasn't. And she was shown as clearly on the bottom multiple yeah. times. So this is a strange tribe. Like, it really is like the the figureheads of their tribes are on Vokai. And it's all of the bottom feeders are over here. I think Kareshma is, um, she tells them it's the embodiment of the curse or whatever. You know what I mean? She is, people are going to continue to fail by keeping her, I think, is the story. Hmm. Which is why I think this whole tribe's doomed. But like, and it's honestly the, my biggest worry for Kelly. Mm. I'm super high on Kelly. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that all these scorn people are on this tribe, but then the other three are your top three contenders behind Tommy. Yes. Like Jack, Janet, Kelly. And it's just like, I mean, they obviously can't all win, so some of them can leave, but it's hard to imagine any of them leaving pre-merge yeah. at this point for me, like, even Janet. Yeah, I guess to close the chapter here on Karishma, it's just the the big thing, the reason why I think she's going to last longer is I feel like nine out of ten times she gets edited way negative, way more negative. Mm-hmm. So why is she being edited a little bit more positive? Yeah. I don't really I mean, know. There's there's just so many opportunities for um, like people on Lyro or stuff to start saying, oh, like this is how Karishma actually, like why we don't like her. Mm-hmm. And I know part of that is they want to have a like good representation of who Karishma is. And so like with her going, like if she went early, like next episode, like at least they got to show all the good parts of Karishma, like who she is as a person, how she's representing her culture and all that. So I guess my take, I think Karishma's top candidate to go to Island of the Idols and find someone. Hmm. Like, I don't know. I just, I think there has to be more here. I just don't think she gets developed as much. I think you take Karishma out of the season and it's much worse. Like, I think she's the most complex character that we've been shown. Um, we've seen all sides of Karishma. We've seen... Mm-hmm. And I just, I feel like there's a quiet version of Karishma that they could mm-hmm. edit. I feel like there's a um, a negative, completely negative version. I I feel like this weird mixed one is the most weird of the Karishmas. Yeah, because I think there's the negative one. There's also the positive one where we see why Karishma is surviving every time. It's because she has these, like good social skills maybe or like i don't know it's just what does this weird mix krishma mean well in this episode this is actually another thing that's very good krishma you mentioned the positive krishma who gets to talk about social game and stuff Mm -hmm. she got that in this episode yeah said i'm gonna start working my social game and we Mm -hmm. saw it we saw it work Mm -hmm. i think it's really good for krishma chance to stay in the game anyway Mm-hmm. not convinced but <laughs> but i will honestly like if the longer like krishma i like her as a character and so i would like her to stay it's just it's hard for me to believe that it keeps happening yeah i mean it like that's the thing is like we did just see it with big wendy eventually the time comes but big wendy left in a strange vote you right. know i mean it was it was that double tribal yeah um if that doesn't happen this time which i doubt i don't know <laughs> i hope not like, how would it oh. happen in this swap? Oh, no. It'd be so bad, but uh, they've done worse. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I hope I'm right in that Krishma last one. Let's move here to Kelly. So, I think this is a very, very interesting question. I th- she's easily number two for me, like, not even close. Like, Oh, yeah. Number yeah. two with a huge bullet. Um, Can you have a bullet if you're not number one? Um, Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> to quote, uh, yeah, sugar, we're going down or whatever. Um. <laughs> But 
no. So Kelly, I think this was a terrible episode for Kelly. Ooh. Um, I think it was very weird that we got Dean being like, I love Kelly. Uh, she's going to be my ticket to the end game and we're going to be best friends. We know someone outside the game. It's all about bridging gaps. And then she's like, I don't trust Dean at all. Terrible. I think. Hmm. I think it was more like more than that. Cause I think, yeah, we see Dean very positive about it. Kelly is like, yeah, this is a good relationship. And then later on we see, I do want to work with Dean. I don't want to be his next Chelsea. I need to be wary of him. And I don't think it's necessarily like I need to get rid of him per se. I would say there's sort of this approach where when Lyra was addressing the three old Lyra as the targets, you had Janet, who I think had the best look where it's like, Tom is this, but this is why we should get rid of him. You had the rest of the tribe, which was a very like one dimensional look at Karishma. Yeah, she's bad in the challenges. And then Kelly's sort of in the middle where it doesn't look as great as it could have, say. Like, but I think it's good that it was there to say, hey, this is why Dean might go, but this is why Dean might stay too. That's not a bad point. And we did even, to further defend Kelly, we did even say, well, I I would like to use Dean, but I'd rather use Karishma. Mm -hmm. So that's another, like, showing, like, she ends up, like, you leave this episode with her knowing Kelly's on team Karishma, like keep Karishma. Mm-hmm. So, and kind of team Dean's, but it's still, if those are your two decoy boots, like I guess it keeps up the illusion. So I guess, I guess that's a good point. Like that is not a bad one. Mm-hmm. To me, it was just, I guess terrible is the wrong word. I think she had a okay episode. I, I think she just could have used a lot more. Um, we didn't really get reminded of the idol. Um, that's true. And I think like she should have been in Nora's spot. Yes. Yeah. That's, uh, that is where the, that. That's where the terrible comes in, is the, that. Yeah. Though you have a little bit confused a, the idea that they had to give the no vote person it to like yeah, enhance that's, drama. That's fair. Yeah. So like I don't know. that's the thing. Like it's it's a possibility. Kelly has a good story. It's very clear. Her swapping away from Dan, like I said, very bad. Um I'd so much rather put money on Kelly if she was with Dan than not with uh-huh. Dan. Though I do think that it means that they re-meet. So I, I don't think she has much sure. danger of yeah. leaving. Yeah, I guess. Thing. Oh, go. Of a like flip on um, the Vokai members here. I think she's, yeah, she's in the least danger. Which, Agreed. I mean, it's really quite a stratified race. Like her and Jack are at the top and then Nora and then Jamal for me. Yep. So, yeah. Um, I think she also got that moment at Tribal Council, which she had at her first one in episode two, where Jeff hands her the last question, and she has this very profound response to it. Like, I think there's multiple truths at one time. That just sounded so good. So that was a good point. But yeah, there are some bad points to this episode for her. And the weird thing with Kelly specifically is the story that she started kind of pinpointing last episode, I believe it was. Where she said, um, I'm glad who was it that went last time? Nora. Nora. Yeah, Nora. And she's like, Ooh, I'm glad that uh like she didn't expose me. As we said last week, it was shown very good for her. She got to completely comment on the situation. But that question mm-hmm. still remains, will Kelly's game be blown up? Because mm-hmm. it's more likely that like Nora's game gets blown up or whatever. Um also we know that they can't say anything, so <laughs> maybe it's not much of a factor anyway. I wish we like I know we know, but I wish they like had told us that like yeah 
you can't talk about us because they never said that. And so we were left in the dark for like four episodes, really. So stupid. Yeah. Like lazy production. And it's like, it makes me wonder how this is like resolving as more and more people are just going to know this secret. What happens if you do tell someone like, Mm -hmm. just, I don't like that. It is definitely icky. Um, (laughs) But I guess to play. So I guess that was me playing devil's advocate a little bit. Now to flip this. Survivor Triple H. Ben swaps with Cole, Lauren Rimmer, um, Dr. Mike, and Jessica. Cole, and Jessica. Right, right. Um, and in that episode, the swap episode is all about how Ben's screwed if they lose. Like, he's he's ho- trying to work with um, Lauren and Dr. Mike, but it's just not working. He's definitely going to leave if they go. What does it do? It makes him more likable. It makes him more... Um, it gives you the uh, obstacle that you toppled, managed to survive. Mm-hmm. Kelly having this thing that, I mean, separate, we know they can't tell. Having this thing of, whoa, my game could get blown up at any moment by this thing that, oh, everyone knows I can't tell. Mm-hmm. Is it probably pretty good for her. It's like this obstacle that she had to get over. Sure. Right? Yeah. So that's why I still have her very high. Um, I, like I said, this wasn't an incredible episode, but it wasn't, I guess, terrible was a little harsh. It was just. To me, she was she's still so much higher above everybody that like dropping ten points still gives her a thirty point lead or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, it still makes sense in the scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Jack's edit no longer makes sense. Exactly. Or like I don't know if there's another good like Elizabeth. Just it's more stuff that doesn't make sense, and that's yes. always like when I can't piece it together. Mm-hmm. The only thing I will say though that Kelly I don't think has like I feel like Tommy is. Like I said, more than likely in the finale. Kelly, I don't think is has any guarantee there. Hmm. You mean like if Kelly doesn't win, the universe where Kelly's not our winner. I don't think she's oh. a lock for the finale. Oh, sure. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Where she's like, she can fit in a lot of like late game positions. Whereas yeah. Tommy, and I guess I can see Tommy in like a shock, like seventh place. But it's yeah. not like even six to second, really. Yeah, I would say like, the, like, you know what I mean? Like there's... um almost like stages of the game. Like there's obviously pre-swap, pre-merge, um, early merge mess stuff. And then I feel mm-hmm. like actual contender to maybe win this thing. Finale adjacent era. Like I feel like Tommy is in finale or finale adjacent. So like uh, the yeah. guy right before the finale, like the Christian, but Kelly, she could just be low early merge, but who's developed well, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, the only thing really to me giving her long-term stuff is Dan. Um, right. She still has the best relationship with Dan. Best mm-hmm. in quotation marks. But but she also makes sense as someone who can really dig at Dan in a jury. Yes. Put nails in his coffin. For exactly. So that's actually not great, but mm-hmm. I don't know, I'll push that to the side for now until next mm-hmm. episode. <laughs> so yeah, Kelly's a mixed bag, but hope oh. I hope she wins. Like I said, she's my favorite. No, not even a question. So, um, um, Nora, what an amazing episode. Like, I don't know, Nora, (laughs) I know I said it was like, she's kind of my Dean in that I see it, I think more than probably the common person does. Cause like all her negativity aside, like that just sort of fell aside this episode. Like she had a really good challenge moment where she was like encouraging Karishma and, dragging her to the finish and then she just sort of slots in really nicely to the strategy at lyro 
and uh, like she gets the swing vote option and she has really good tribal scenes like this episode makes the audience like nora i think Mm -hmm. and i think you could have gone back and forth on her but we're supposed to like nora yep no we are absolutely and i think that's a very good point Mm -hmm. over and over again she's getting to go back to episode two or three or whatever it was Mm -hmm. jason and nora nora specifically is a character in footloose and everybody's mean to her and we don't think that she deserves it she's nice she's friendly she's got a good heart she wants to stick out and says stick in um but we're supposed to like her we definitely are um we understand why people might not but she speaks her mind and she says what's right even though sometimes she shouldn't but we're supposed to respect that about her i think um like her worst content is when she was barking at people about being lazy well that episode turned out about being voting people out for being lazy. Um, mm-hmm. That is t- like similar to Christmas taking her side most of the time. Yeah. Like, no dancing. Like it's um, it's building up her as like a likable underdog. And that's the thing is, I think she's somebody who gains a lot. Like the further she's around my question mm-hmm. to you, who do you think is more likely to win her? Jason Nora. Interesting. I think it's possible. Um, I think Jason has way more pieces missing in his edit than Nora does. Mm-hmm. Like I get Nora's story so far. Jason has really been kind of in the background almost. And the other thing is that uh, the editors have a real hard time editing a story of Nora winning. Oh yeah. I mean, um, she went to, <laughs> she went to the Island of the Idols, failed her task miserably. And then, I don't know. I think they could have edited this better where she had a better slop episode, but I, she just looks really good. She looks like someone who's like turning and we're going to root for this character. Mm-hmm. It feels like kind of like Shireen. Yeah. No, you're yeah. Like, I mean, I think Shireen is like the most Nora equivalent person, mm-hmm. which, and, and like we said, with Dan becoming the most uh, Dan Foley slash Will Sims style character, um, again, has me nervous, but um no, I think Nora, at the end of the day, we are supposed to like, appreciate, and want to do well. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily translate to a win at all. Oh, sure. Um, but I don't think it doesn't. Like, I don't think there's anything that disqualifies her. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Debbie Wanner wins Survivor. Like, you do enough of these seasons, it happens. You know what I mean? Um, and I, like, people like Fabio show that, or Bob show that they aren't going to, like, you still see that Fabio's a goof like goofy yeah like like he's fabio his name's fabio right like um mm-hmm. you get that with like nora too like they're goofy but you at the end of the day you're, you're reminded that you are supposed to like this person yeah so that's the thing is as long as that continues to be true i think nora has some win equity um yeah and i think there's just a lot of dire edits right now that nora's trajectory and her constant like presence makes her a good character for this yeah. but she's so much fun yeah and i hope she's there all the way to the end um i don't think it's super likely that she makes it that far uh, you have like, to imagine she remakes jason though yeah i think she's super safe on this tribe like i know she's like the second most likely old vokai on this tribe to go but i think she's so like like she's the one that's flipping like mm-hmm. it's not because jamal doesn't want nora out and like mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Nora's super safe on this tribe. And then I think when she's in the merge, like, 
you're not getting rid of Nora. True. <laughs> like Nora's not the like flippy type strategically. Like she's a little all over the place just as a person per se. Mm. But like I think Nora's a good ally to have. And she really, I think in a Pagong situation is a good number. Agreed. So Yeah, like you always hear those stories of like how Philip Shepard totally would have won redemption if he just owned it at the end. Mm-hmm. Like maybe Nora's uh, Philip Shepard who owns it, you know, he's like, <laughs> takes down Tommy, you know. Oh, I don't want. Ooh, Nora at Final Tribal is the dream. I mean, she already she already talks to her tribe during questions. She did it again this episode. I love yeah. it. Yeah. No, the more that Nora's on the television, the more I'm aware that she's clearly never watched, at least at this point. Like, like, like we said a couple weeks ago, she doesn't talk like the other contestants. Like, it mm-hmm. it seems like she doesn't know it's normal. Yeah. Um. Or like expected, like to look at the camera, not at. <laughs> yeah. Behind you, it's very bizarre, but I love it. Like it's just like a bull in a china shop kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. So that's Nora. Hopefully she wins. Uh, and that <laughs> brings us here to Tom. Like I huh. said, I feel like he is the um personification of the theme we talked about earlier. Like this idea of the teamwork. Uh, he gives all these confessionals, kind of highlighting, I think, major season themes. And I think that's what his role is here. And now he's gone. I think it's interesting that last episode, we were kind of like, whoever Tom points out as good is the one we can trust as good. And then he went home. And I don't know if he did much of that. So it's kind of curious. Um, But yeah, I like Tom as a character. He was kind of like sort of an uncle figure. Mm -hmm. He's like, usually lots of good wisdom, a little misogynistic, but like, overall like very respectful on the way out like you could tell he loved his time there and like yeah it had to end but yeah i don't know yeah praise canada um i've heard some people being like oh tom was boring and i was like well i don't know he gave good confessionals yeah like appreciate like smaller characters like not everyone's a nora but Mm -hmm. that doesn't make them bad no i agree and i actually think he added a lot like i think a big reason people like elaine so much is tom Mm-hmm. sure elaine was really funny on her own but it's like you need the straight man to make that person a captivating person not just funny mm-hmm. like he i think actually added a lot to the development of the characters that like online people are very high on this season they're high on the characters i'm high on the characters oh yeah a big reason for that is they use they're using supporting characters well to build up characters mm-hmm. tom's one of those like tom feels really old school and like mm-hmm. there's that scene of like tom and janet where they're talking and they just feel like two like characters on like season two like talking about their survivor experience and it's just it's great yeah he felt very authentic Mm -hmm. um and i think that's something that's very good um and yeah so he basically leaves the game basically only endorsing elaine but like i think he leaves being a reliable narrator somebody who played very well on his original tribe but Mm -hmm. basically he, he got swap screwed right like yeah there's no other way to put this he was literally put on a tribe of the entire other tribe two people that flip that you blindsided yeah like without a doubt on the bottom like and one then, was getting votes uh, one was the one who cast the soul vote against that person yeah and then you who is a well-connected um older dude like he's the obvious boot here like i think that's something that like isn't getting talked about enough is People are like, oh, why did you not take out Karishma? Why did you? Why did they? Um, you know what I mean? Like, like no, Tom is the obvious boot here. He's the guy who was connected to the other side. Mm-hmm. You take out that person. You don't take out the bottom feeder. Like, yeah, 
he like he really did get swab screwed. I feel like there's probably very little he could have done, to mm-hmm. be honest. Um, it seemed to show like he had not exactly like scheming ability, but he was able to fit into majorities. People cared about him. Um, like I mean, Elizabeth flipped a vote to save him. Mm-hmm. So that's like a big thing. Like he's clearly a good player. Um, I don't know if I'd want to necessarily see him back. I wouldn't be mad if he did come back though. Oh yeah. I think it's almost unfortunate that he's like the first Canadian. Cause it's like, what else can we see from Canada as opposed to just bringing Tom back again? Cause I mm-hmm. do, I do think I want to see Tom again. I think yeah. he's, he, he just got kind of slighted here and I think he could. Fit in. Yeah. Like my real question for like anybody saying he's boring is like, what could he have done here? Like not swap with, like we said, this is a strange tribe. Like it really is just a, mm-hmm. it's a bunch of people who hate their original tribe. Um, and then you who just sticks it like a sore thumb. Like, I don't know what he could have done. Like, I feel like really crafty, great players fall in this spot. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, it, like, I don't know. Like no one's going to keep the happy guy. Over too and I think angry. if you're looking at it, it's kind of hard from, like you have someone who is obviously this challenge pariah, and so everyone can be like, "Oh yeah, we're just getting rid of Karishma," and so you don't have that really angled. Here's my strengths versus this person. It's like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, I'll vote with you on Karishma," and then yeah, they can just blindside you, and it's easy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like, sure, he, maybe he overpresented being close to his tribe, but like honestly, I think even without that, he still goes. So yeah, it was. Yeah, I would say it's not him presenting that as much as Dean and Krishma could just literally be like, yeah, this person is aligned with these people. And when you have two sources like that, like there's no chance. Yep. Like honestly, um, honestly, like one of the like worst swap, like positions I think ever. No, I, I a hundred percent agree. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, I think this is significantly worse than like swapping with just the other tribe. Mm hmm. Because that, at least then, people frequently ask themselves, like, oh, maybe this is when I flip and take out person, because it presents weakness. But yeah. three out of eight doesn't present weakness. Yeah. It, you still look like a credible threat. If you vote on two of your own, then they have a majority. So you do have to go after them. You want to, like, if the Vokais had flipped here, it presents an idea that, oh, Vokai actually isn't as strong as they want, and then new uh-huh. can really fracture. Whereas... Yeah, if you've got options here, you want to say, here we go, we're sending out one of them, so make sure you guys stick together, especially when you're 4-4 tied. Like, yeah. Like, it's, ugh. This is really, I agree, I think one of, one of in recent memory, like, the worst swap screws I've seen, because it really is rough, like, up there with, like, James, like, the Ghost Island, like, James Lim, like, three, <laughs> three people were just not willing to budge on Navidi or whatever. Like, honestly, right up there. Um... So, in probably like again, probably even worse because he's the obvious one of the three. Like, there's not even like there's. I really, I bet there was no debate. Like, I'm sure like they presented it like, oh, it was definitely Kroshma. I'm sure that almost immediately they picked Tom. Like, even you go back to Kelly's confessional. That's the confessional saying she's voting Tom. Yeah, they don't. They don't show like people discussing it. They have that scene of the three girls on the beach, and they're just talking about who they have as close people. Mm-hmm. they don't ever go into anything because it's probably like yeah tom so and even like like even janet's like yeah he has some qualities but no good ones like yeah, that's what she that's, walks up and says she's like i have tom and then she's like but tom is too tribal so mm-hmm. yeah so i'm sure this wasn't even a debate like i, I bet this was a very boring on the island mm-hmm. 
Um, Which really is a testament to how good the episode was. Because yeah. it doesn't feel that way. It's only us talking about it now that made me be like, oh yeah, this was probably not interesting in the slightest. But yes. So that's the thing is like that in but that's the thing that's the, that's what's so good about it. I'm sure this was a boring episode. Like on the beach, I'm sure this was just Tom walked up and he was dead. You know what I mean? Like there's no real once Krishma and Dean reveal they're on the bottom and all that. Yeah. But they still managed to make an episode where I actually walked in assuming it was Tom just because Kelly's confessional is basically I'm voting Tom and Tom got a weird focus early on, but separate to that mm-hmm. on the, like, I feel like most people went in not knowing who's going to go home, but understanding when Tom left, why he left. Yeah. Fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Um, and in general, I think Tom's story is, I think of the people who've left, let me make sure I'm, I agree with myself <laughs> has the best story. I think this was a very good example of a pre well-told pre-merge story where we, like, yeah. his advice of like one, um, he even kind of foreshadows his own demise with the Wayne Gretzky commercial or Wayne Gretzky professional that we talked about where the um, smaller guy is sometimes even more useful. It was mm-hmm. kind of flipped on its head by, oh, he cares too much about challenge performance when he just acknowledged that big guys aren't necessary, necessarily better. Mm-hmm. Karishma, who's worth the challenges, outplaces him. This is a little bit his story. In addition, it's like um, a story of um, basically being shoot um it, it again it's the uh the tribe falling apart thing is 100 percent his thing he's yeah. the guy who's he's the glue, glue trying to hold the tribe together and the tribe just doesn't want to hold mm-hmm. he can't do it and so his story's over like well told story yeah yeah it's an interesting contrast to chelsea who mm-hmm. had this very um like patched together like on the episode three of our podcast we were saying oh yeah chelsea makes sense as an obvious pre-merge boot and she was mm-hmm. meanwhile episode four we were like whoever tom says is good is good we weren't really talking about him being eliminated and so it was surprising to some extent but it also makes sense agreed like, and it's yeah. just yeah like Massive, tom's place yeah. makes sense yeah snaps for tom's story here top snaps for this episode is that what you do in canada yeah yeah okay. what do you guys do when you're happy about something? we clap insane we're americans <laughs> oh canada um but yeah so that's tom that is the new lyro tribe and mm-hmm. it's like you're all your kooky people mm-hmm. um so i mean we've talked about this throughout this show i personally think that tommy will win this game or kelly after that i actually don't even think i put i honestly think i put tommy and kelly and i i don't think anyone else has enough to even put anybody else after that that is exactly what i would do so like, okay i'll be like i'll be a little bit more exciting and just throw no <laughs> no yeah no honestly no one else yeah aaron aaron's my third it's a, that's not a bad choice even after we talked like janet and jack yeah um but yeah i, I think it's weird that we're in such agreeance on episode five with so few contenders yeah and that's also it's weird that it's also not like condemning the season yeah like we love this season. I love this season. I guess I shouldn't speak for you, but I also love this. Uh, yeah, really like this season. Okay, optimistic. Yeah. So yeah. I'm cu- I'm curious. I mean, yeah. it's the Tommy's edit is too perfect. Like what's happening? But that's what we're here for. We're here to find that Ooh. out. Yeah, we're we're Detective uh, Dean here to crack the case. Mm. Speaking of which, who do you think is going to leave next week? <sighs> I'm going to stick. This is where we disagree. I'm going to say it's Krishma. I'm going to go say if that's Jamal. I think Jamal is very important to the vote. So, yeah, I don't think that's a bad choice, but 
I think we see him fail to flip the get voted. I think I I might slide to Jamal actually. (laughs) (laughs) Bandwagon. I could see it it flipping that way. Yeah, it's realistic. Do you think? Do you have any guess for Nuvokai? Or is Mm, that Elaine? Yeah, I mean, it just feels not possible. Yeah, like the act of them going to tribal would be such a surprise. It's literally insane. They have Aaron. Elizabeth, who's an Olympic athlete, Jason, who's clearly the best at puzzles, Lauren, who's been really good at challenges, Missy, amazing at challenges, Tommy, amazing at challenges. Mm-hmm. Like, sorry, like in it's not like Dan sucks. He's strong. Yeah. He seems fine. He's never been mentioned as bad in challenges. Even Elaine is fine. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> that. That's the weird thing is they didn't focus on anyone on New Lyro being like, oh, we're. Where no, there's no way we can win anything, and it's just I think part of this weird avoidance of challenge performance, except yes. for Karishma. So I don't know. That's going to be an interesting thing to sort of yeah. put together. Like, okay, my one like quick hypothetical here. If you're like a captain on a team, you know, what I mean, like you you can uh, it's captain's pick, you know, a schoolyard pick, mm-hmm. and you have the option of Elaine or Dan, Elaine and Dan. Or any other, any two people in the Lyro tribe. Is there any combo of people you pick on the Lyro tribe? Oh, Dan and Elaine for like yeah. to win a challenge. Jack and Kelly. Jack and Kelly. You're right. It's Jack and Kelly. But <laughs> but I mean, like, it's not like that's it. I mean, yeah. Janet, you could swap, but. Yeah. It gets real weak. And those are the clear two weakest on this tribe. Yeah. They're like trying to tell us Dean is like a good challenge person. But they've also told us. No. He almost got voted out for being so bad at challenges. <laughs> like, it's like, dude can't do a puzzle or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, I think it's very interesting that that random draw got it this messed up. Like, yeah, and random draw does that. It does. I feel like in all modern seasons of Survivor, all they show is that random swaps need to die. Swaps good. I think random swaps are a negative. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, do it yeah. captain's pick or something. I mean, when was the last time we saw a tribe swap that wasn't random? Wasn't it Gabon? Like, isn't it actually that far back? I, I think so. Be. It's been a while. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's even anything else. No, I honestly, I think it is Gabon. Yeah, is there any, like, little, like, send two people over or anything? Or? Mm, Australian Survivor there is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, China right before that, kind of. Yeah, I think, huh. I think that's, the, that's the era where I think we saw a lot of tampering with that stuff, like the mid seasons but i can't really remember any no i think they've all been random yeah just kind of wild i don't know they should try something else again honestly like i love the australian survivor twists where like you have someone fake voted out and flip to the other side and stuff like Mm. because they give them enough information ahead of time to like it's not like a screw thing i love that kind of stuff i think it really upsets dynamics in a very fascinating way Mm -hmm. because there's like something to it it's not just fate yeah, like, there's like motivations and stuff behind it. Yeah, like if Tom didn't get drafted by his tribe, so he gets swapped, I feel less bad for. Like I feel not bad for him at all. Right now, dude, draw, like drew the wrong uh, buff, so he's got out of the game. I feel yeah. pretty bad. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, that's our show. Uh, you can contact us at thewinneredit at gmail No s on that winners. Mm-hmm. Um, new episodes on Saturdays or Sundays. Occasionally Mondays. We try to keep it Saturdays or Sundays, though. We're on all major podcast catchers. You can review us on iTunes. Hello, Wardog. 
Uh, he tweeted at us. Apparently, he listens to the podcast. Um, strange, but yeah, follow me on Twitter at Danny Kills Bees. You can follow Joe at oh uh, J Chapman nine thousand. Yeah, I forgot what the number was. So, um, but yeah, peace out. Yeah, have a good rest of your time until the next episode.